and welcome Xbox Nation to the new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Boomstick XL, and folks, we have an incredible uh, show for you today. Lots of big news to get into, but before we do, I just want to make another announcement. I talked about it last night on Primetime Gaming. The fourth show that you know and love, uh, that you've been asking for potentially to come back, Uh, for Double Barrel Gaming, is returning this Thursday. Uh, What I've decided to do is because video production is not only time-consuming, but it doesn't pay a lot of dividends. You have to learn where your uh, strengths and weaknesses are, and I am better suited behind the microphone talking to you folks live rather than trying to spend sometimes upwards of 10 hours to put a video together that many people may or may not even take a look at. So instead of doing weekly X vlogs like I was doing, I decided to kind of turn turn it on its ear, and I am bringing a new program called X Vlog Live, and it's going to be one-on-ones with some of the industry's biggest and finest, and the first episode is this Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I got the one and the only Jez Corden of Windows Central to sit down with me for 60 minutes to kind of talk about a lot of what's going on in Xbox land. And uh, I'm going to continue bringing in the big guests. I've reached out to Jeff Grubb. I've reached out to a few others, and I'm going to see if I can get a, a big guest each and every week. And obviously, the 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 subject matter will change based on the guest uh, specifically, but more so the world of Xbox gaming. And uh, that's going to be a weekly program. That will be the fourth live show. So you're going to get live shows Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And I can't wait to sit down with Jez. I have a bunch of questions. I already He already has the script. And I'm looking forward to uh, to talking with them. And you know what? I want to bring in first to, uh, on our panel, Boxenberger. Uh, first of all, you had Jez Corden on last week. And yeah. man, oh, man, talk <clears throat> about hitting pay dirt. It could not happen to a better content creator. Uh, you got picked up by numerous publications because obviously Jez does what Jez does. And he dropped some major information onto your site. I hope that it paid off where you got people now to swing in and not only check out your incredible videos that are Colt Eastwood level, but they check out your weekly podcast, which I thought you've been doing a great job on. Welcome to the program, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it was awesome last week to have uh, Chess on the World of Gaming, uh, my, my weekly podcast uh, uh, airing each Thursday. And we had a discussion about the Xbox Game Roadmap, where we talked about basically all the announced Xbox games um, and, and what Chess's thoughts are about the release date, his expectations for the games. And it, like you said, it got picked up by a lot of uh, news outlets. outlets. It was awesome. Unfortunately, right after the show, I got a got a man flu. Man, I was <laughs> down the entire weekend. So if you hear some sneezing or <laughs> anything during the show, I apologize up front. Uh, but my voice is coming back, so I was able to record a, the the voiceover for the next video that is obviously delayed because of that. So yeah, but now I'm looking forward to a great show. We have some cool topics to talk about, and man, I'm back on the podcast with vj i haven't been that in a while so excited <laughs> for the day 
Yes, yes. Oh, VJ always bringing it 100. And obviously that uh, that uh, information that he always uh, brings to the table is great, and which is why he is now a part of the uh, Tuesday <laughs> edition of the Xbox Factor podcast. But let's continue in on the introductions. Matt, first of all, brother, welcome back. And how the heck are you? How's the family and what you got going on for us? Uh, doing good, man. Uh, just working getting stuff done around here uh, i've been playing some king of fighters 15 oh man um, i gotta get that i, I, I oh, forgot it even came so out good. i heard it's amazing it is it's so good man it's so good uh that's that's what i was most excited about that released this week and um so i've been super pumped and it's living up to the to everything i hoped it could be so i've been i've been playing that just uh getting stuff done working and having fun man um we had a crazy show the other night we we were you know, doing a live stream thing for like the uh, the big Capcom announcement, right? That was supposed to be uh, something really cool. Uh, Street Fighter Six ended up getting announced. We had a really fun show doing that. Um, other than that, man, it's just you, same old, same old. I'm glad to be here. Oh, we're we're happy to have you over here. Real quick, I you know I I normally don't like to read trolly comments, uh, yes. but I but I got to call somebody out here uh, because you know obviously. You get one shot with me, uh, and, and you usually get even a less shot with Lethal Papa, who's probably in the chat. Jedi Johnny uh, says, are you guys going to tell people not to buy Gran Turismo 7 on PlayStation 5? LOL, grown men complaining about 10 bucks. Uh, well, here's the thing, brother. Uh, I don't know when you found this channel or how you found the channel, but we do not cry. We do not complain. It's all about positivity here. Uh, even knuckleheads like yourself are allowed to kind of hang around and, you know, listen to the show if you want. What I will not stand for are quippy comments that basically are provocative. So uh, here's the thing. Um, you can hang around. You throw any more comments out there that I find to be, I find or I deem to find to be, you know, uh, insulting the people that come here every week to watch the good show, you're out and you're going to get banned. Uh, if you're a PS guy, that's fine, because so am I. Uh, and I can guarantee you that I probably have more PlayStation stuff than you do. And I have an Xbox show. So just keep it keep it 100, and uh, you can stay. But if you act like an a-hole, then you're going to get bounced. Anyway, let's continue in. And by the um, way, I'm super hyped for Gran Turismo. I, I'm actually not. I, I could care less about Polyphony. Uh, they haven't put out a good yep. one in years. And I'm not spending um, 76.43 here in New York for a game that is probably going to be mediocre at best. I'd rather go and pl uh, play dirt uh, to be honest. But it's that, it's that classy jazz music, man. While you're we'll see. Dirt, we'll, yeah, like, we'll see if the classic jazz music can get again, anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, listen. This, this is, this is. You know what? This is exactly why PlayStation needs to adopt day and date like Game Pass, so mm -hmm. I can pay for the service, whatever it is, fifteen, twenty bucks a month. And I don't have to spend money on games that I that would be questionable because I I know for a fact that I I mean I haven't been serious about a Gran Turismo since like the PlayStation Two when yeah. I you know when it, when it was cool to go out and get those licenses right I I haven't cared since and Polyphony well they just when you when you when you when you have playground games and Turn Ten Studios making uh quality world breaking uh, racers. Polyphony has fallen off severely and they have not come back. So they won't be getting my near $80. But anyway, let's continue in. Uh, Pong Soul, uh, you and Steel Rain, what a show on Saturday. My goodness. 
I was I was telling you I was listening to it as I was doing the chores today, and man, good stuff all around. How are you, bro? Doing great. The weather is frightful here, so we got a blizzard going on. But oh, I'm what? jealous. I am. Yeah, just I jealous. know you are. It's, it's I rain, always like it's to do that. It's raining here in New Rochelle, New York. It sucks. <laughs> we're, we're we're getting we're getting about uh, six to ten. So uh, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely white outside right now. But you know where it doesn't snow? Boom! Outside of. Uh, speculation town it also does not snow in night city and boy oh boy am i back into cyber you know you just opened up a bad wound for me because before you got on i was telling the guys that for today's show i spent uh, an hour and 10 minutes recording incredible 4k footage for today's show and somehow either i erased it or it disappeared oh it's i'm devastated uh i'm actually in the hotel right now with the little spider bot (laughs) <laughs> and I have a whole, the whole hour is gone. So I'm devastated, but I, I got to tell you, yep. um, I, 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 you know, I picked that up um, before, um, you know, horizon, which I'm quite enjoying, but you know, I've been getting a lot of bugs with horizon and I've seen a lot of stuff about lost saves and bricking of consoles and they're going to address it. Obviously I'm talking about guerrilla games. So what I may do, is put that to the side for a bit until I get confirmation of some new patches and go back to Cyberpunk because I am absolutely enthralled with that game. I'm glad you found it, Boom. Uh, you know, I know you were the one one of the ones that waited for this yes, patch. So I sure did. I'm so happy to see my timeline filling up again with Cyberpunk because obviously I've been on that train since day one, never wavered. It's my favorite game of last gen, even though I cheated and played on current gen. But at the same time, it's absolutely just a fantastic, fantastic game. I'm so so happy that so many people are finding it. So that's what I've been spending a lot of my time in. Also some Dying Light 2 as well. But yeah, no, we got some great topics. It's great to be here with bro- uh, with all my brothers, uh, obviously, being here today. So uh, let's get down to business, Boom. Let's talk some gaming. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get to that momentarily. But let's get in uh, the last but certainly not least. VJ, welcome back to the program. The linguist himself, the biggest brain in the panel for sure. How the heck are you, man? And have you had your spot of tea? I'm going to make a cup of tea after this intro. But uh, uh, good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, and I, have to, I feel like I'm stuck in a cupboard with this line and this witch, and uh, they sort of afford me all my best thoughts. But anyway, I'm ready for the show, Boom. And uh, as I said, good morning to everybody, and uh, should be a good one. Yeah, you know what? It, it's going to be a great one. And uh, you know what? I, I want to open up with something that uh, a lot of the big sites uh, – overlooked uh, a lot of the podcasting community uh didn't really dive deep into last week friend of the program friend of the community benji sales uh dropped some very interesting and important information regarding total players for xbox first game uh first uh first party games that uh that he put out there uh for us to take a look at and they are some impressive numbers and it's pretty incredible to see that most of these games that were poo-pooed when they first came out uh, seem to have big numbers following them. And it only proves that if, you know, Microsoft is one of the companies or the food, uh, the publishers that give their IPs a chance to breathe. And the, and the numbers are impressive. And we're going to break that down right now. Uh, sea of Thieves, uh, since its uh, inception, uh, 25 plus million players. Halo Infinite saw, uh, since its launch uh, in, uh, you know, in, early, in late November, early December for both campaign and multiplayer, 
20 plus million players. Forza Horizon 5 has cracked 18 plus million players. That is incredible. Minecraft Dungeons is 15 plus million players and grounded. The game that was created by a handful of developers, uh, it has cracked 10 million players. Pong, I want to go to you first on the, you know, these these numbers. Okay, now, the, these games, you know, Halo and Forza removed, in a whole, in a package, may not be the biggest flash in the pan for a lot of players. And, and, and I understand because as much as I appreciate and um Love what Rare has done with Sea of Thieves, and and for instance, to find folks at Obsidian who brought us Grounded, those games are not for me. But to see the success makes me happy because that means that other people, Xbox gamers, are enjoying it. What what does it say to you seeing these impressive numbers before we get Fable and Avowed and Perfect Dark and Hellblade Two? Is is the light at the end of the tunnel for Xbox gamers and big numbers something that we we, we can expect at maybe this year, next year, and even twenty twenty four? Boom! Pong had to step away. Oh, uh, okay. so yeah. why don't you take Put it, brother? In the chat. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's just a sign of things to come with Game Pass, right? Um, that's a, the quintessential thing because you don't like see sales numbers touted as much anymore, right? You see player constant engagement right um and also we don't really ever know what the sales counts are with digital sales anyway so when you see the engagement and because all of these games are meant to be uh service-based where they're getting updated constantly over the years right um i think that's kind of what their plan is with all of their biggest franchises um keeping the engagement going with supporting the games for the long haul and you're going to keep seeing these numbers grow as as a result. So it's not in this old school, old school style of you release the game, it sells, you have a big engagement, it drops off, start making the sequel, you release it, re- rinse and repeat, right? Now you see these games like Sea of Thieves, Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon 5, Minecraft Dungeons, uh, Grounded, that are going to consistently get these updates and grow the engagement over time. And they're going to take that to Forza Motorsport. They're going to take that to a lot of these franchises. Fable, I agree, could also very well be that. Hence why, another reason why it could just be called Fable. Not just that it's a reboot, but because that could be a world in which we live in for a really long time, right? Uh, so I I really think they're onto something with this, uh, especially in a service like Game Pass, where you pay one subscription fee and you get access to all of these. Right. Um, it's a really good thing. I'm excited what they could do in the future with these other acquisitions on these other uh, games that they're uh, investing in and, and uh, like Call of Duty and um, thing, and some of these uh, Blizzard franchises as well. How are they going to be able to support all of these and grow the engagement over time? Because we're at, what did you say, 25 million for Sea of Thieves? Right yes, now? 25 million. Mm-hmm. What I mean... The more Game Pass subscribers, the more people invest in the, in the Xbox ecosystem, the, uh, that's just going to go up. So we're going to see that increase over time to 30, 40, 50 million, I bet. And the same thing with Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite's not even season two yet. Yeah. Right? Um, once season two drops, with all of the extra content, they add modes, they add the, they add the co-op and back into the campaign, you get all of these other things, you're going to see the player count get re-engaged and re-engaged and re-engaged and increase every time we see uh, any of these games drop big content. 
So it, it's exciting uh, time to be invested into that ecosystem. And it's just going to get better from here, I think. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what happens with the Xbox brand specifically when we get when, when we start to see like the big AAA bombs roll out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Boxenberg, let's get your opinion on this, brother. These are these are big numbers. And like I said, maybe they are a lot of the games I don't play. I play Halo, right? There's no doubt about that. I obviously play Forza, um, which I'm like a level 116 now, which is just a masterpiece. And and like um, uh, like uh, Mav just reiterated, uh, with Halo not having its second season, that's supposed to come in May. Uh, we haven't even had the first DLC drop for Forza um, Horizon 5, which we don't even know what that's going to be. I hope that, that it, is, it is a return to Hot Wheels. That would be pretty dope because that's probably one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. For you as a content creator that is, you know, you talk about the numbers on the back end of many of you, uh, of not only your, your new podcast, but of the videos you do. Is this impressive? Is, is, is this what Xbox fans have been waiting for Microsoft to kind of break out and do? Yeah, it's definitely impressive. If um, I mean, um, Mav already said it. Player numbers are are basically the new metric uh, yes. with which you can measure the success of a game, especially returning players, and um, that's that's what what um, drives the revenue, bringing play, players back in all over again every time. Um, we've seen a couple of games fall off in in. In the player count, and to be honest, Halo is one of them. Yeah. Um, I found stuff like Grounded very impressive. That small games that haven't even released uh, fully, properly yet. They're, the the release 1.0 isn't out yet. Yeah, and we don't know whether it will come out this year. And they have already uh, reached 10 million players. That is super impressive. The player numbers for State of Decay 2, um, and even for for a Horizon 5. Um, Forza Horizon 5, um, I find that very impressive. Um, having 18 million players in a in a uh, racing game, obviously those are not concurrent players, and a lot of them just jumped into, into the game, tried it out because it was available in Game Pass. But guess what? That's actually the, the, the thing. Um, you just check the game out, and suddenly you end up liking it. And that's the only reason why you can uh, get such high player numbers. It's impressive to see. Um, and, um, it, it is definitely something we will see continued from Microsoft. We know that they have the plan for Halo for like 10 years with a 10 year plan. Although (laughs) people, it's no secret. I, I'm not happy that they take so long to bring additional content. I think it's too long. Um, but, uh, nevertheless, they have a 10 year plan and we will see other games, um, continue in that live service, ongoing um, uh, uh, kind of genre. Math mentioned Fable. I don't know whether it's going to be Fable. I'm pretty sure F- uh, Perfect Dark will, will be something like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's great to see. And um, with the latest acquisitions, especially something like uh, Call of Duty, uh, we will go- going to see could this continue to happen. Yeah, I still think Microsoft is going to turn Call of Duty into an ongoing live service kind of thing um, where they just add every year the multiplayer parts and and then um, yeah have uh, have the teams um, develop the campaigns in a, in a 
two or three year cycle and yes, just drop I hope them so. in. Uh, yeah, give so, these guys a break. And, exactly. And the reason why they do it are these numbers. It is because it is a successful model to bring people back into a certain game, to have this this um, big player base that comes in into your game regularly. And that's just something that fits perfectly into a subscription service like Game Pass. So, yeah, imp very impressive numbers. Yeah, uh, Pong, welcome back, brother. Listen, want to want to grab your ear. Uh, we're talking about the big numbers that were announced last week uh, by Benji Sales, um, and of course, you know, I, I, like I was saying in the interim, a lot of the big sites kind of overlooked it. Uh, no one was really talking about it. I don't know if you made a mention on it. Uh, you, I think you guys, you and uh, Steel might have made mention of it, and it's worthy of another conversation because these numbers seem to indicate that Microsoft is on the cusp of really dominating the player base in regards to Xbox. Uh, and every one of these games are in Game Pass. And we haven't even seen the release of Avowed and Fable and Hellblade 2 and a, and a multitude of other games that are going to introduce people into these big, big open worlds, some of which we don't know if it's going to add multiplayer or not. See it, these 25 million, Halo 20 million, Forza 5, 18 million, Minecraft Dungeons uh, 15 plus million, and Grounded, which was made by 13 people, if you didn't know, 10 plus million players. For you, what does it say for Microsoft's first party? Well, first of all, Boom, I uh, lambasted my owner of uh, my work for calling me during the podcast. How <laughs> dare he? Interrupting us. How dare he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jam. You know, so, you know what? Sorry about that. Hey, listen, as far as this goes, these numbers, this is exactly what Microsoft and Xbox had planned when they introduced Game Pass. Now, it's taken them obviously a while to get everything set up to be where they wanted to be but this is the power of game pass right so you've got content that keeps people engaged for a very long time and content that continuously gets updated as the years go by instead of stopping and developing a brand new title or a, a sequel to a successful title. You've just got this ongoing game that you can continue to update. Now, not all, not all of these games are that way. Obviously, Forza Horizon being one that we do seemingly get sequels to on a regular basis, right? However, it's certainly possible now that we hear Motorsport uh, is probably going to more of a games as a service style that eventually Horizon uh, does as well. Maybe even getting folded into motorsport and it just becomes a Forza hub or a Forza world in which we have two separate distinct kind of experiences. But this game pass needs these types of games. We just heard Jim Ryan talk about they're, do, they're developing 10 games as a service. Why? Because they have Spartacus coming and this is one of the key. Yes. yes. You still, you still need, diversity of content you still need your single player one and done experiences you still need all of those types of games in there as well but this is what keeps people subscribed to your service so for microsoft and xbox to be seeing this kind of success right it is is truly a culmination of everything that they started to do and the goals that they set out for game pass 
And again, it's taken a bit of time because this is a big undertaking to go ahead and get done, but mm-hmm. they've done it right. Um, also, I think this goes to show, especially in the terms of grounded and sea of thieves, right? Two of those titles. This is what happens when you let creators create and you yeah, support great them, points, right? Great and points. you, and yeah. you give them the freedom that they have a vision. Well, you right? also let them stick with it because right. sea of thieves. That- was a yep. long grind. <laughs> that's what I was just. That's what I was just going to say. You know, boom! That you where they were to where yep. they are now is it's an incredible story, and it proves that Rare still has that magic. Right, and that's that's the important thing is that sometimes, sometimes when it comes to these developers, their vision isn't always fulfilled out the gates. And we saw that with Sea of Thieves, right? And we saw that with Grounded. Grounded started slow too because they didn't have, their vision was still coming together about where they wanted to take Grounded. Now they've introduced RPG elements to it, which is one of Oblivion's fortes, right? So that's that's what happens if you give these creators the time and support and resources to follow through till the end. And now you're seeing that success. Not everyone is going to happen that way, but this is the possibilities when you allow that to grow. And that's what Xbox is doing with all of these studios underneath their umbrellas. They're letting them flourish, right? And that's what we love to see. How many projects throughout the decades have we heard become vaporware that weren't allowed to come to fruition because they couldn't justify putting in the resources? Well, when you've got something like Game Pass, and you've got the subscriber base that is bringing in this continuous monthly money over time, you're allowed to let projects like those happen. And not only happen, but you continue to give them the care and love that they need to become the final version of what they started out as. And I think that that's what we're seeing specifically in those two games. But again, this is the power of Xbox. This is the power of Game Pass. When you get a subscriber base like this, you get this many people engaged. This is one of the reasons why people aren't canceling their subs. This is one of the reasons why people are waiting on the next announcements. And in the meantime, oh, by the way, so I've played the games that I want to play, but I've still got all these games that are living worlds that I can continuously go back to with my friends or by myself and go back in and enjoy while waiting for the next home run to come out, right? That's what you need. That balance is there. This is huge numbers. These are great. These are only going to continue to grow. Think about when Game Pass starts hitting 50 million, 70 million subscribers, what these numbers are going to look like for a lot of these games. And guess what? It's a great advertisement for all those third party publishers when they're looking at these numbers going, we could be that next Sea of Thieves. We could be that next ground. We don't have our own subscription service, but you know what? The best one going right now is Game Pass. Let's get our game in there and see what happens. And that's what we've seen. Ubisoft just did it with Rainbow Six Extraction, right? They did it. Yeah. They now just, I think they surpassed, what, 5 million? Uh, 5 million people played it already. Yes. That's what happened. So, again, great, great numbers for Xbox. Love to see it. This is part of their plan, and it's working right now, seemingly, to perfection. So, let's keep Let going. Me- Perfect point. Yep. May I add something here? Yeah, um, sure, of course. You talked about um, it being great for, for all these games and um, offer uh, uh, making up uh, new opportunities for developers. It's also a big opportunity and chance for Game Pass as a service itself because if you have such a subscription service, you don't want people to just subscribe to your service for one game, that one-and-done game, 
and then cancel the subscription again. It is also a chance to have these kind of games to keep people in the subscription service. So great point, Pong. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is a fantastic point. It's funny because both, uh, if, if you look at what Microsoft has been doing, Sony is following suit, except they're doing it in reverse. Microsoft has always been known as the multiplayer console, whereas Sony has always been known as to have those incredible single-player story-driven content, which is, you know, again, what a lot of people like myself own a PlayStation 5 to experience. Well, they have their service games coming out, and those 10 service games that are currently in active development, you know, th th one of those, I hope, at least uh, for me anyway, being an OG fan, I hope one of those, those titles is SOCOM. I think that that would be huge for their, uh, an, in, I think, I think it's, it's, it's PlayStation Infinity. I think that's what the official name is. Um, and when that does, in fact, release... Uh, I, 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 you know, again, we, you hear different things, you know, as content creators, we all have our little sources, some bigger than others. And one of the things that I've heard is that, 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 uh, that, that service was delayed by, uh, by, by a couple of months because of the Activision Blizzard deal that caught Sony really flat footed. I've said that before. And I, and I, and I, and I've had that, that, that opinion backed up by numerous people within the industry. Um, uh, they didn't see that coming and, you know, here it is. Microsoft is gonna is is on the cusp of owning Call of Duty, bonkers, right? Um, but what that does is, and I hope that it does. Uh, you know, we had some leaked information that their their you know service was not going to include day and date. I think that's a horrendous mistake, and I would not sign up for it. I don't care what they were offering. Day and date's the only way I go with another service plan. Uh, and they know. I think they know that. Uh, even waiting 30 days after launch is just not going to cut the mustard. They, they need to match Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass. And uh, I hope that that, in fact, happens because then games like Gran Turismo, which I would normally pass on, at least would give it a play because it's in a service that I pay for. Um, but let's get VJ's opinion on this. VJ, uh, you, these numbers are, you've heard everyone say the word impressive more times than not. And, and, and I, would be, I would be hard pressed to agree what, what, what do you feel that these kinds of numbers do for some of the investments that Microsoft is going to make, uh, you know, especially on these these uh, these gas games? I think you meant disagree, right? <laughs> um, it, I think Pongsol made the point, right, in terms of, you know, um, where Xbox are right now with this service, the trajectory that they're on, and um, they're posting numbers to say that we're, we're headed in the right direction. and. Um, I kind of recall seeing the Halo 20 million tweet a couple of weeks ago. It might be three weeks ago. I, I can't remember, but I have seen it a little while back. And uh, I said to myself at the time that, oh, you know, this Halo number looks really great. But at the same time, because I'm kind of analyzing it from a business perspective, I'd say, you know what, I'd love to have some more information. And that's probably not going to be made public knowledge. And that's fine, right? Um, and just to in order to support these numbers. Otherwise, it's like when I see these tweets, it's, it's it's not ever giving a, a really true, a clear or a big picture in terms of measuring trajectory. We can only surmise, right, uh, based on the limited facts that we have on hand. And, and you know, whether it's Sony, Nintendo or Microsoft, you know, you see these kind of sort of PR platitude tweets. It's it's more so to effectively galvanize, you know, fan conviction uh, with, a, with a success, value, loyalty sort of inducing metric. Uh, but still, 
it's maybe it's just me, right? But it's still a sort of inexact perspective. And that's perhaps why, because I was just reading your show notes. I'm sorry, I haven't really caught up that much and I've got a bit of a headache. So my take might not, my take may not be that great, but I'll do my best. But, and that's, I think one of the questions you, you asked is that, you know, why hasn't this been sort of covered more perhaps in the media and why aren't people talking about it more? Or is, is the word trending? I'm not quite sure, but but the Minecraft numbers, notwithstanding, and it's it's a probably a world top five or top ten game in any category, right? So, and I'm and I'm always seen, you know, I'm always happy to see. I think as Pong mentioned, or might have been Mav, in terms of wanting to see Obsidian titles to do well, right? They just have a they, Obsidian just seems to have a special place in in everybody's heart, right? And um, at the same time, the reason why I wanted some more information is that because being an xbox gamer right or an xbox fan and a game pass fan i i, I kind of want to be more included uh, and be a part of the xbox journey with more clarity and transparency in tow and then that would obviously help to lend to giving a a more informed or or or, or, or you know opinion you know when you're doing podcasts and so on and so forth but the thing is if, the thing is if i start to push really hard right in terms of investigating the numbers right <clears throat> and the real commercial value of those numbers right um, or put out a tweet, right? You're going to have some, those guys out there that are going to start posturing that squeaky thing between their legs. But, and um, and for me, tens of millions of players are fine, but I'd really love to know, you know, sort of in terms of, you know, is that sort of 85 million number? How many of those are actually unique users, right? And not just, a, you, know, uh, you know, the 25 million Game Pass subscribers sort of playing all of those five games because they were so so well spaced out in terms of release date right and and but my mind starts to veer to and i'm just going to be honest here veers towards like okay so that's the combination of downloads right the 85 million number right but were they minor impressions were they tried and tested for an hour before they switched to another game uh, or, or did some some players you know go a step further and enjoy these you know games to their fullest and i have three of those five games i've pretty much completed right and, and i enjoy them immensely and and that could perhaps lead you to surmise that to some degree that a smaller audience is engaging with with several first party titles i e the same player engaging with the you know with with all five titles and the numbers are still really impressive and they're still still really 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 great right and it's it's a fantastic foundation for in order for xbox to uh, to launch itself right wherever it wants to go to over the next 5 to 10 years especially you know via game pass and the subscription numbers but as I say, how many of those 85 million uh, players were unique players? And also, you know, in terms of how many of them embarked on retail unit sales, as, uh, as Mav mentioned, which I think is an important metric, which uh, I, I wish wish we wish we knew more about. And I think that that would definitely be a far more important metric and something to discuss if the figure is well beyond the Game Pass subscriber number. It's, it's probably just a, a wish that I have that probably won't be granted. But you kind of you kind of get the sense of of where where I'm kind of taking this, and and uh, the information if we had on hand would really make for a fantastic and probably a really interesting topic. That's it. Look, here's the thing. Uh, everyone has had great points, and you know what? I, I love the fact that Jedi Johnny Five is still here. Well, you know, obviously, brother. Like I told you before, you're welcome. He asked a question in in the chat, and I. I mean, I, I'll I'll let the panel have a, a run at it because, and I'll give my piece, you know, respectfully, of course. He says, "I'm just trying to understand you guys and why you love Game Pass so much." I mean, look, here's the thing, dude. 
I'm 51 years old. I'm retired, right? Now, I used to work overtime for games. That that was a thing that I actually did. Guys at the, at the job made fun of me all the time. What you working for? Go to Vegas, go on a nice cruise with the missus, buy a new truck. Nope, I'm working for games. That's what that 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 was my tagline. I'm working to make sure that I have all the money, all the games paid off by the fall. And that's exactly what I would that's exactly what I would do. My question to you, Jedi Johnny, is how could you not like Game Pass? I, I, that's, I mean, again, I'm not being facetious or even the jerk. I'm just saying that the inherent value at $15 or $10 a month for the multitude of games that have every genre covered, every A is there, your triples, your doubles, your singles, and your indies, all in there, and a lot of them day and date. Microsoft has gotten some big games in there day and date, and again, you know, if, you, if it, it doesn't appeal to you because you, you're loaded and maybe that, in fact, is the case that, dude, I'm a I'm a congratulator, not a hater. So if you want to buy your games outright and you have the money for it, that is awesome. But I think what Game Pass does and I think that it is the ideology of Microsoft as a whole, as a company, is making gaming inclusive, making everyone who wants to game, giving them a way to afford to do so. See, again, some people who have money or have money to burn, so to speak, don't understand how someone values Game Pass. But if you have two children in school and you got to pay the rent and your cable bill and, and it's just one salary coming in, well, Game Pass is a godsend to you because you can still be a part of the gaming conversation with all the new AAA games, specifically just Microsoft alone. But I'll let the panel go at it. Pong, what, 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 what is your opinion on this? Well, again, everybody knows. Anybody who's listened to me, I'm a budget gamer uh, myself as well. So I wish I had all the money in the world to buy everything, but I don't. I'm also a grazer, which means that I, any one given time, I'm in the middle of... 15 to 25 different titles. I'm not one of those people that only plays a few t titles each year. So for the price of Game Pass, which comes out to about three new AAA games each year. 60 bucks a game, correct. 60 bucks yes. a game, right? So we'll just put it at that. Just make it even for everybody. It's easy. Um, three games, and my subscription has paid for itself. So what this allows me to do, on top of all the other games that I get to enjoy in there, that I would have had to make decisions on. And some games... I never would have even had a chance to look at because of my budget, right? Uh, so for me, this allows me to go in, budget out my year. I say, hey, I get this much for $180, right? And I know I'm going to get all Microsoft first-party titles, Xbox first-party titles in their day and date. Plus, I know there's going to be some third-party titles that I'll have in, in my budget, but that I get to pull out of my budget and say, hey, I don't need to pay that anymore. That money goes back into the ecosystem by being able to buy other games, whether that's indie titles, whether that's, you know, another third party, uh, you know, AAA game that comes out that I would not have been able to play before. That's the first part of it. The second El part Elden Ring comes to mind. Correct. Elden Ring comes to mind, right? That's something that I'm not a Souls player, right? So it's it. I'm still making the decision, but this was going to be my final Souls game that I try to try to get into it, right? Because right. I love I love what From Software does. I just don't have the patience to get good. But this game here with the open world, hey, I might try it. Now that allows me to maybe budget that game into it. Also, the ability to go in and try games. Right. I have purchased more games via Game Pass 
by trying something that I may not have had any interest in previously and finding out that I really love it. And when that game gets ready to leave Game Pass and I I still haven't finished it because I'm a grazer or because I just want to keep it and I want to keep playing it, I go ahead and have the ability to buy that game. But that has expanded the diversity of titles that I play on a regular basis because of Game Pass as well. Game Pass is a vehicle. Okay, it allows a lot of different flexibility and allows you to go and experience new content. Again, is it for everybody? If you all you play is Call of Duty and Madden every year, is Game Pass going to be worth it? Probably not, but that's the cool part. It's optional. If you want to own all your games and buy all your games and never use Game Pass, hey, guess what? You can still do that. There's nothing in Game Pass that you can't buy elsewhere. So guess what? It's just an option. But for me, it makes my life easier. It fits my budget. And it allows me to buy other games and try other games that I may never have done before. Also, guess what? If a friend of mine, like let's say Mav, all of a sudden finds a game that's really cool and it's co-op multiplayer, whatever the case may be, he hits me up and says, dude, download this game. It's a game pass. Let's try it out. That's what else happens. It's a fantastic, fantastic service. Again, if it's not for you, totally cool. Not a big deal. It doesn't have to be for you. But for me, It's a beautiful thing. It's the best thing that's ever happened in gaming. It's the best value in the gaming, and it has created more enjoyment for me in this hobby that I love. So therefore, it's a win-win at the end of the day. It absolutely is. But you know, Boxenberg, I want to bring you in on the conversation. Listen, I I don't mind... uh, Audible, uh, throwing an Audible here, which is what I did. You know, because of course... He's asking an honest question, question, at least I hope it's honest, and we're going to give him an honest answer Boxenberger, one of the biggest things for me as a Game Pass subscriber is seeing one of my favorite things about gaming, and that's the indie community, which a big shout out to the indie gamer who's in here. 425 people in this chat. Thank you so much for continuing. I remember we used to have like 10 people in a chat. Now we're up to (laughs) over 400. Big thank you to everyone. I'm going to get to some of the Super Chats that have come in. If you're new, consider subscribing. Of course, hitting the like button. But, you know, one of the things that Game Pass does for a lot of these small developers that have these incredible stories, mom and pop out of the basement, brother and brother hanging out in their garage, putting a game together. A perfect example of how Game Pass does not only benefit us as consumers. Look at that 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 rainbow game, right, that came out, I think it was middle of last year. Those devs were crying because so many people tried their game because they figured, how are we going to make this game? uh, uh, How are we going to make people download this game? They dropped into Game Pass and they broke records. They crying on on their posts because it's a it's a story that gives me goosebumps. Why? Why? Is Xbox Game Pass always at the center of our conversations, Boxenberger? Because it is the best value in gaming. It is as simple as that. Game Pass offers so much, um, not just for um, for for us gamers, but but also, like you said, as a chance for developers. We have seen that Game Pass effect so many times, not just with indies, to be honest. We have seen it with big AAA releases uh, mm-hmm. that uh, released in Game Pass, and suddenly uh, they were the thing... Uh, everyone talks about um, two years after launch or something like that. Um, 
it gives a chance for everyone. Big developers, small developers have the chance that people actually play their game um, and go out on social media and talk about that game. Yeah, um, we have seen that so many times. And that's just the, the developer side of things. But the other the kind of side of things that um, I always say is, I always hear the argument when you speak against Game Pass. Oh, but the developers, are they getting paid? And oh, um, do they make enough money? And think about the developers. You know who else I think about? It is us gamers. It is us, the community, because we work hard for our money too. Believe it or not, everyone here in the community does. And um, with Game Pass, we get simply a, a lot of value for, for our money. And that is a is an awesome thing. And um, the, 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 the other thing uh, that Pong mentioned is, is basically really the, um, the, the thing that, that Game Pass, um, or is the cherry on top of, of that sweet cake that is Game Pass. It allows us to play games with other gamers. Um, and in the sense of how often did I have a game and I thought, man, I want to co-op with somebody, but then I call my buddy and, ah, dude, I, I can't spend 60 bucks now to... to to just play around with you in that game i and and then you don't have someone to play and this is a problem that is basically annihilated now i have never played more co-op games more multiplayer games than ever um it is awesome because everyone just gets to play the games without that barrier of 60 bucks to get a game and so i don't see a reason why you shouldn't like a game pass but a, a, a taste is different it's, it's it might not be for everyone um but it most certainly is for me. I love saving money and Game Pass saves me a lot of it. I mean, great, great points. Mav, let's let's get your opinion on this. Obviously, you know, you you like all of us have talked up Game Pass for good reason. Uh, and uh, I want to get your opinion uh, answering the question. Wh why is Game Pass so imp uh, imp important and let alone and not even that impressive? Obviously, we put it up on a high pedestal, but I think it's for good reason. What is yours? Well, for me, the number one reason why it is impressive is because it does have great games in it. Yeah. If it was just a bunch of garbage, which seems like the the narrative that gets thrown out there and the thing that get, I see the most, and I became very aware of this on a tweet that I made the other day that kind of like blew up. A lot of the comments in there from, I will say, the uninformed or the trolls or the ig ignorant is that Game Pass just doesn't have quality games. And that just doesn't make sense to me. And in fact, they take it even further saying Xbox doesn't have quality games. Now, that's a personal preference, right? Whether you like a third-person action-adventure game or you like a multiplayer game or you like whatever, that's all personal preference. You can't say your personal preference means the entire view is the reality. Is is your Your reality is everybody's reality. That's not how it works, right? And it seems like people forget that Game Pass actually has several games in it that were won numerous Game of the Year awards last year from yep. most of the media biggest media publications out there. IGN's Game of the Year, Game Informer's Game of the Year, X-Play's Game of the Year, the New York uh, Critics Awards Game of the Year. All are in Game Pass. And if you take it even further, the Game Awards Game of the Year is actually in Game Pass. It's not first party, but it's in Game Pass. And another candidate that was also nominated for Game of the Year from multiple people was Deathloop, who was another Xbox first party game 
that would have been in Game Pass if it wasn't for previous contractual obligations. You also have PC Game Pass. It's another reason I love Game Pass. I don't usually buy games on PC, but they're starting to bring these games to me day one on PC as well. Numerous different types of games that we can only get there, like RTSs, like Company Heroes came there last year. We got just got Total War Warhammer 3. We got Age of Empires 4 as well. You got EA. Everything in their ecosystem ends up coming in there. There's lots of reasons to love Game Pass. So the whole argument that people make that against game pass is that it doesn't have quality games i don't get it i don't understand it because that's a personal preference if you don't if you look at everything that's in game pass and everything that's coming day one and including everything that they have forecasted to be coming out in the coming years including this year with redfall and starfield and probably forza motorsport and you look at that and say those aren't going to be high quality because yours bar is a specific genre that's ignorance to me. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. Like you, you can't project your personal preference on the entire conversation of what's quality, right? So, yep. Sorry, well said. it's great quality games and Game Pass is a great value. And if you want to play all of these different things, you get it for a very cheap price. Like games like Forza Horizon Five, my wife had no interest in. Yeah, I, I, I love I love this story. That's a, that's a great story because Caitlin great gamer in her own right, pretty good play, Halo player, uh, did, didn't have any inkling to play Forza, saw you playing it, and there you go. It's in Game Pass, and we played it together, and she plays it by herself all the time. She loves that game. Loves that game. And the other great thing about Game Pass is that if you want to, you can still buy the games, and you get a discount. If you buy a lot of games, Right, which I, I have a feeling the people that are really against Game Pass actually don't buy a lot of games. They play one or two games a year, and they're like, "Eh, I don't really care about buying, paying for a service that has all these games." Right, because people like me, I play a crap ton of games. Right, I don't, maybe I don't finish a lot of games because I keep jumping to the next one, but I'm always looking for the next thing. Right. I understand there's some people that like only play those like two or three big exclusives that are most excited about. And that's all they care about. They buy those. They're happy with it. They replay them over and over and over and over and over again. And that's fine. That's you. Right. But you can't say that that's the only way to do things. You know, if you want to buy games in Game Pass, you can. And if you can even use Game Pass purely as a discount service. You can you can get Game Pass and pay it at $9.99 a month and you can use it purely to get a discount on buying games and it will still pay for itself yeah it's you want to hear i i just i just sorry for interrupting because i have to throw something in here to to back up your argument here um i i made a video about five four five months ago about game pass being a big game changer and the official there are some official numbers from microsoft um about uh, gamers that are subscribed to game pass in average, Game Pass subscribers spend about 20% more time in gaming. They play about 30% more um, games than gamers that uh, are not subscribed. And <laughs> now it comes. They spend about 15% more money on buying games yep, than non-subscribers. Correct. 
I think that's a great point. Uh, and again, listen, we have a lot of big topics to get into. I, I definitely want to get VJ's final opinion on this, and we're going to move on to topic number two. But before we do that, I have to catch up on some of the Super Chats. There's been a ton of them. And, of course, I'm extremely grateful. Also, uh, Dusty from the Night Crawlers podcast was awesome enough to donate a two-month xbox game pass code which i'm going to be giving away by the end of the show dusty i see you in the chat brother thank you so much for uh not only being here but of course donating the code and we'll be giving that away courtesy of the night crawlers podcast vj listen the guy asked what appeared to be an honest <coughs> question why do we care so much about xbox game pass what what, what is your response mm. to this um first of all um, respect for asking the question. I, I wish people ask even the most obvious questions to aid and evolve sort of your own understanding and perspective. And because typically, you know, when you see on Twitter and so on and so forth, minds are usually unstable, neurotic and conflicted. And only through asking questions and investigating for yourself do does clarity and, and, and stability come about, right? I personally don't support nor, nor favor Microsoft as a corporation, but I, I love Xbox. I since being in game pass I, I completed over 30 games in game pass and games which i never intended to purchase my my gaming so this in terms i think what pong soul was saying the developers being paid me, my engagement time with those games have inadvertently supported those developers my my gaming habits uh the expansion of the types of games that i play and my outlook as to what games i want to try in the future has grown significantly so, um, and that's another benefit that I've found. Look, I'm, I'm not a collector anymore, nor am I a hoarder. I, I happily gave up everything when I moved to the States. But the guy's asking, the gentleman's asking, what do I like about Game Pass, right? And, you know, et cetera. So I found that if you invest, you know, if you just want to look at it purely from a financial perspective and not a gaming perspective, I found that if you invest even a few minutes a day in Game Pass and the Xbox ecosystem, including Microsoft Rewards, et cetera, then you can accumulate enough points to pay for Game Pass each and every month. It's effectively free as, as, of, as, of, as of now, right? And things may change in the future. I don't know. Uh, alternatively, you can, you can find deals for Game Pass online nearly all the time, and especially around Thanksgiving and Christmas. You can stockpile Game Pass um uh quarterly quarterly or or, or uh, not, not annually monthly or quarterly you know for, for a fraction of the price that you pay you know if you just paid for it during the off-peak months right uh, and you can also choose to accumulate your points and i've done this so this is fact right i accumulated enough points uh probably like many of you people on the panel and probably the people that are familiar with game pass now and uh accumulated well over two hundred fifty thousand points in a year by not doing very much and that and that's four AAA games for free. So as Boom says, and I think the question is, why aren't you in Game Pass? And I think it's a very, ultimately, it's a very rewarding, just to add on to what Boom said, it's it's ultimately, for me, and this is my perspective, it's a very fair, rewarding, and equi equitable uh, as, as a service, given where I'm in my, my, my point in my, in, my, in my gaming life. So, and I prefer to spend my dollars on, on family and aiding friends. And I'll close by saying that, don't be stuck in tradition and in, in tradition sorry in terms of you know supporting one format over the other we're in a time right now where it's all about the content and you've got to find where that content is that you love and enjoy and that engages your imagination because change 
change is inev inevitable. And Microsoft this time around would decide to change things up in terms of how we consume content going forward, right? It's just the way it is. And as I said, change is, in is inevitable. And if, if you're against change fundamentally, then you're against life, <laughs> basically, right? And so don't take, what I will say is don't take my opinion or even the panel's opinion uh, as gospel, right? Um, because this speaker is only giving you, you know, one one perspective. And I would implore you to investigate for yourself, right? Find out for yourself because you can ask 10 people and they'll give you 10 different opinions, right? And I suggest, Correct. I yeah. would suggest that you may discover something really cool and really fantastic. And you'll, you might even kick yourself and saying, why didn't I just tap into this earlier? Why did I let my ego and why did I let my thoughts and why did I let my 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 prejudices get in the way of me unlocking what maybe something you may never look back from? And, Great point, um, dude. And, that and is just to, and just to sort of just to finish off, just to pong really, if you're if you're taking on Elden Ring, and uh, trust me, I'm I'm about and I'm gonna be playing it. I can't wait, and I'm happy to hold your hand, Pong. That has a that has a multiplayer aspect yes. to it. Yeah, so it's got co-op. Yeah, Steel I'm Rain's gonna be reaching out to backpack. several people because the only game that I was ever really good at in Souls was was Neo. I put over 60 hours and I got to the last That's one. Impressive. I, I, could, I, I couldn't beat him. I couldn't beat him, but that game I, it was weird. I played that game like Animusha and not a Souls game. And I, I fell in love with it. I didn't, I bought the second one. It's sitting here. It's still in the cellophane, bro. It's, it's awful. My backlog, I'm six feet, bro. And, and it's as tall as I am. It's gross. But listen, I got to catch up with some of the super chats. We got to welcome in Mr. Joanna Dark, who is here. Uh, we're, we're, we have a couple of topics that I wanted to talk about that kind of got sidelined, which is okay. But we are going to talk about next is Starfield. And Pong, I'm going right to you because God Howard and the artists there have some new information for us. And uh, I, I, I listen, this is this is turning out potentially to be one of the biggest games this year in 2022, more so the biggest game in a decade for Bethesda, but we're going to get to that momentarily. Uh, I got I got to thank real quick. Um, Bold Alpha Wolfpack, uh, my brother. Thank you for being here. He's a very, very generous. And once again, he shows his generosity with be becoming a channel member. Thank you. Definitely appreciate that, brother. But let me catch up with the Super Chats. The first one of the day comes to us from Sist Lord, our good friend. He says, happy 2-22-22 day. Yeah, I mean, what, what, a, what a day, right? All twos are, twos are running wild. And well, hopefully someone gets a good scratch off on the today and, and you go and you, you know, get game pass for life. I don't know what to tell you, but uh, uh, yeah, Sith Lord, thank you for the generosity. And of course, always being here. Drawn TJ drops not one, folks, but two super chats of five dollars. And the first one, he says, Hi guys, gonna be a fire show. It will keep me company while working at work. Well, listen, dude, that is awesome. Glad to hear. And he says, uh, on the second five dollar super chat, Forza needs real location expansions like to Japan, Alaska, or Vegas. Yes, yes, and yes. But here's the thing. I don't want them. Japan is such an incredible region of the world. It is the one of the check boxes that I have yet to get to. I want to take Mrs. Boom. I want to experience Japan when she finally retires. That deserves that region of the world is such is so rich with culture that it deserves its own game. I, I hope that the fine folks at um 
at Playground Games know that the community really wants a Japan-centric Forza Horizon 6. I, I, I think that would be incredible. As much as I would like to get there as a, a you know, like, hey, we're going to Japan. This is great. I, I, I don't want them to uh, not disrespect the region. I, I think it, if you, it, it, Japan in any game is always going to be a winner for me. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big a fan of that region of the world, but I would love to see Japan get their own game. That, that's what I honestly would like. We also have uh, Lord Roughness, my good brother, drops an outstanding five-pound super chat and says, my eight-year-old son has an Xbox Series, uh, Xbox One S, and is only allowed to choose games from Game Pass, and he loves it. And you know something? That's, that's nothing wrong with that because there are so many games to choose from that he's never without something new to play. Uh, Kingfish737 uh, drops an outstanding Farao Zuber Chat says, the cool thing about Game Pass is it allows gamers like me to try games I normally don't try. And that is the big answer. And our good friend, Black Sausage, my brother, welcome back. He says this after dropping a Farao Zuber Chat. Game Pass has, uh, has been amazing for me. I've now logged 44 hours into indie title Dreamscaper. Love this game, and it is a mere fraction of of the game pass value indeed 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 um let you know what let's 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 rip the band-aid off folks let's get right into starfield this is a topic that i think everyone is excited to talk about specifically pong soul pong look god howard as you call him uh you and uh, several other people on this panel and zemi games for that matter uh have high hopes for this game uh this is a game that is has been considered by uh, Todd Howard himself as to be the accumulation of ten years of uh, in, in the making. It is expected to be not only the biggest title from Bethesda proper, potentially might be the biggest uh, launch in his career. This is something that he has wanted, uh, something that uh, the the entire team at Bethesda have been crafting over what seems to be almost a decade and we have new information from lead artist if i think it's istvan pelly and he discussed the gamers art uh, the game's actual art direction in a recent post on the xbox newswire and he describes it to be a nasa meets punk as a coin termed early in the game's development as a way to re, uh, uh, reinforce a sci-fi universe that's a little more grounded and relatable as opposed to some far-flung fantasy. And here is a quote directly from Pele, or uh, I think it's uh, Pele. Um, we wanted a very realistic take. You can draw a line from current day space technology and... And from there into the future, so it's believable and, more importantly, relatable. Now, we also have a, 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 some information from lead animator Rick uh, Vicens, where he adds that the idea of a NASA punk specifically was immensely helpful when the... Uh, defining Starfield's actual world. And this is what he had to say. When you said NASA punk, the art team could instantly take those two words and make it work. Uh, it was just the perfect term for our art direction and keeping everyone in the same flow and working with a constant style. For me, it just clicked. At the start of the project, I think it, uh, that 
that term was critical for us. Okay, Pong, take it away, brother. Your most <laughs> anticipated game of 2022, your most anticipated game of from Todd Howard himself. What does this tell? What should this information tell anyone looking forward to 11 22? Well, this is absolutely incredible. I love the term NASA punk. Uh, you know, like he stated, it really gives you a vision of something that is futuristic but grounded in reality. And we've seen this uh, in some of the uh, interviews that they've had and even their own internal sit down that they had with Todd and uh, the producers of Starfield as well. Um, what you're looking for here is really going to be a game that is not going to be so far flung. It's not going to be like a mass effect. Let's put it that way, right? A mass yeah, effect point. Was, Great point. Was, was extremely far into, you know, the future, really sci-fi, you know, the, the sci-fi fantasy style of uh, genre, whereas this is going to be something that you could realistically believe that we could get to a point in human uh, humans future humankind's future uh that we can actually experience these types of ships these types of weapons um all of that kind of stuff and we've heard them talk about how they actually when they went to go and started designing the game and, and this is over 20 years in in todd howard's head um you know when they started designing this game that they they artists um and the people behind it went and looked at like engineering schematics and try to figure out how things within this world that they're building would actually work in real life and, and projecting some future tech uh, to see how they could implement that, but giving it a basis and a grounding uh, in some, in reality uh, so that they could develop these, uh, you know, all, like I said, the ships, uh, just the different bases, uh, all this different stuff that it would be something that we could see. So I think that that's a huge part of this because overall, the overarching um, kind of uh, idea with this game in Starfield is human human search for the you know answers and and one of the questions they want to answer is why are we here? So that gives you a scope of what they're looking to try to explore when we're going out here into these different planets uh and and discovering new places um that's what we're trying to do here and i think that's what todd's greatest vision was for this uh again this is the last genre that he wanted to tackle that's why uh he waited so long is because he wanted to make sure the technology itself with the consoles and the pcs uh were far enough in advance that he could put this vision down and really, really uh, create and mold it into what he had thought about all those years ago, decades ago at this point. So I think this is a huge, huge deal. I just love the NASA punk. I think we're going to see something where we hop into a space, um, you know, whether we hop into a ship and kind of saw that in the trailer and it wasn't like we were looking at a holographic deck and people, you know, things that are so mind boggling. We we're looking at real world kind of physics, but just futuristic enough um, to give us that impression that we are, you know, going someplace new and someplace far flung. Right. And I think that's the huge part about this the sense of exploration in this game is going to be second to none. We really do have the potential here to have those 
an experience that's once in a generation that Todd and his A team always seem to find a way to give us. And I think this one right here is going to be the cherry on top of all the fallouts, the Skyrims, all of them. And I think that this is uh, going to be uh, really, really special. Again, don't forget, Sony had seen what Phil saw and was trying to lock it down as an exclusive deal. That means you know you're going to get something special, dude. Okay. A lot of people forget that pong. I mean, I yep. you know, you know yep. I don't want you know I don't want to go crazy uh, and reiterating yeah, no. that's the topic, no. but they no. tried to make that as a, a, not a timed exclusive, bro. No. A no. straight up exclusive. Yep. And when and when all that when the acquisition was announced of Zenimax, the one game they talked about all the studios and all the great IP and the tech and all that kind of stuff, but the one game. Every single executive that was interviewed talked about and mentioned was Starfield. Pure and simple. Again, people forget just how good Bethesda and that A-team is. People forget because of things like Fallout 76, which was not the A-team, but it did have Todd Howard's name attached to it. They forget just what it means when these games come out. A game like Skyrim that to this day we are still getting iterations and updates on and upgrades on, and they're still putting it out 10 years later. Those types of games don't come along very often from too many studios, but Bethesda is one of those studios. And this Starfield right here, like I said, has the potential to be the once-in-a-generation type game that we've come to expect, know, and love from this man and uh, his best developers. So I cannot wait for this game. 11, 11, 22, my vacation time is already put in. Um, I am going to be jumping on a spaceship and traveling to who knows where, but I know it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, that that's that's a game that's going to end all games. Like whatever you're playing is, uh, I think most people who are fan of of Bethesda are going to drop it uh, and uh, and go right into that because that that, that that's a three three four five hundred hour game for sure. Yep, absolutely, uh, I put three hundred hours into um, Fallout Three, three hundred plus hours into New Vegas. Uh, and uh, Skyrim, well, forget about it. I, I lost count. Uh, I, I love Skyrim, and they're calling this to be Skyrim in space. So, yeah, I, I'm very interested. Boxenberger, let's get your your your, your hype levels uh, for uh, what, what we're talking about here. Now, I know that you had said in the DM that some of this information is a little older, some of it's a little bit newer. For you, as, as a fan of the genre, um, what wh- what jumps off the page uh, that that gets you excited for what's going to be uh, the compilation of the best Todd Howard game potentially ever 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 made? Okay, first my hype level is through the roof. Like Pong, I booked already in three days uh, vacation. Uh, <laughs> um, Skyrim is one of my uh, all time favorites ever. Um, it's uh, going to be awesome. I can't wait. I made multiple videos on Starfield, even though they never perform well. I just love the game. I am uh, uh, the excitement for it. I I can't wait. My hype level is through the roof. Like you said, the, all the information that actually were, came out through that uh, interview is really old. Um, there was a big interview with Todd Howard uh, after E3. I made a video on that where he explained already all that NASA punk stuff and a lot more. So I highly recommend to just scroll back in on my channel. The the video is still up because he really talked about, not just about that uh, um, NASA punk and how they wanted to 
um, have people uh, um, or, or get the feeling that this could be actual reality in a couple of hundred years. They also talked about how they had to figure out um, stuff like religion for these worlds. What do people believe in in 300, 400 years? They couldn't build up the game on... on um, Uh, established law like Star Trek or Star Wars where you have already um, um, set up and answered these questions. So he talked about that, um, about stuff like religion, but also about other things um, like what is the tech level for mankind? What is the tech level on other planets? Um, yeah, are are the humans going to be the invaders, the, the aliens on these planets? Um And so, yeah, that is that, that. There's a lot that they had to figure out um, for for that game, um, and it's it's going to be. I I can't wait because it's. I think it's going to be something special because they actually sat down and thought about all these things. Um, it's they they not just had the idea. Let's make a new game. They had the idea, let's create a new universe. Uh, let's create something believable, something yep. that, where people can immerse themselves in. Because if you don't do that work, you won't be able to build a game where you can spend hundreds and hundreds of hours um, in in that respective game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't wait for the game. Um, and it's, it's going to be... Uh, something really special and is it is definitely my most anticipated game this year yeah I'm, for me as well uh, i've always been a big fan of bethesda games um and one of the i think the the this is one of those games that come along that you see five thousand new subscribers to xbox game pass in a month Because, you know, again, Microsoft does things, a lot of things that Sony doesn't do in regards to offering its players. Where, where do you want to play? Well, Pong may want to play on his Xbox. You may want to play on your PC. And people on the go may want to play on their tablets or their phones. And, they, and you're going to have the ability to do that. And that's the, that's the beauty of Game Pass. You don't need to have the console. Maybe by end of, end of year, you know, Jez Corden has been talking about Uh, that there that, that that stick that we're here that we're hearing is going to plug into the side of the TV is coming. You know, 99 bucks controller. You know, x amount of uh, months of free Game Pass, and you, you you're playing from your TV now. Is that is that the experience that I personally want? Well, no, because I have the console. I go right I go right from TV to console, and I'm good like that. But not everybody is going to do that, and that is that 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 brings up the whole conversation with Xbox Game Pass once again. This game. That's going to be the biggest game of 2022. There's no doubt about it. There, as as great as Horizon is, and Horizon is gorgeous, as good and and potentially as is gorgeous looking as uh, um, God of War, if if it releases this year at the end of the year, is going to be. Those are great titles. Those are big titles for Sony. But the, I, I I think the big one of this year is you you're, you're going to see Elden Ring is one of them for sure. And the other back end, the book end of the year, it's going to be it's going to be Starfield. There's no doubt about it. But let's bring in Mav. Mav, you are looking forward to this game. Uh, this is a game that you're probably going to stream. This is probably a game you're going to want to sit back with your headphones in in, in your dark room, which are which are 4K TV, and just go from place to place. And what's interesting about this new world that's been created, or it's it's currently being created by Bethesda is everyone is going to have a different story. And I think that 
is very exciting. Fox and Burgers experience is going to be very different from Palms and from mine and from yours. How excited are you with this new information coming to us regarding the art style of the game? Oh, it's a, uh, I, I didn't need anything else ever to be in any more excited. I don't, I don't know if you can raise my hype level ever since I found out that they were making a space sci-fi RPG led by Todd Howard and the A-Team at Bethesda Game Studios, a game that they had been wanting to make forever, as long as they've been in a, a studio, but they kept with the Elder Scrolls Fallout cadence, and they said, at some point, we got to do this thing if we're going to do it, right? They said, at some point, we have to do it. We, people are going to have to wait for Elder Scrolls. They're going to have to wait for what, whatever it is, because we got to do this game. And they took the time, and it's been years yep. in development, and they are making this game. So I am excited for there to be three pillars of the Bethesda Game Studios now uh, after this as well. Then we'll have Starfield, uh, Elder Scrolls, and Fallout to look forward to and figure out how are we going to get all these massive games. And uh, Dude, I'm I'm so freaking pumped for it. This kind of game is one of those games where you know, you you sit there, okay, you got the day off, right? You got, you know, you, you know, nothing's going on. You can get sit down, you can relax. You boot it up at like, let's say 10 a.m., right? Before you notice it, it's 10 p.m. <laughs> I, I kind of knew that's where you were going. <laughs> right? But And you're like, oh, my God, where'd the day go? It feels like it's only been an hour. I didn't eat. I didn't use the bathroom. Am I alive right now? What's going on? You know, like. That's the kind of game that this is because it it will immerse you and it will be a time sink and the hours will melt away in a world like this because that's what happens in all of their other big RPGs, right? And this is just not a world, Mav. It's a universe. It's It's a a universe. universe. And (laughs) and, And that's the thing that's crazy. They can continue to add to this with updates, new planets, new races, New weapons, new ships. It, it, it's it's a limitless. Just wait until the modders get a hold of it, boom. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. I, I I definitely can't wait for that. Uh yeah, good stuff, Mav. I mean, I I'm I'm right there with you. I, I've done that. I I, I haven't done it in, 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 in many years, but there's been times where I'm so enthralled with a game that you do start it up, you do say, All right, I'm gonna play for about another half hour and then I'm gonna go do X. And then you look mm-hmm. and you're like, damn it. I was here for three hours and you're like, oh man, I'm at this one point. I don't know if I want to walk away just yet. And it's another three hours. And I I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those games that are probably going to get a lot of guys in trouble with the misses. Uh, You were supposed to do, Hey, you were supposed to pick up the kids. What? I have to finish this mission. I got to save this planet. You got to wait. It's, you don't understand. I'm so sorry. I miss soccer. Relying on me, you know, (laughs) that's, that's exactly it, man. Because, you what in these kind of games you get so immersed that that becomes the most important things at that time right it's like oh my gosh like i gotta do this i gotta do this and and then you just kind of block out the outside world indeed for a while you know and and there's very rare that games can do that there's only certain franchises and certain games that are made and executed well enough and it involves all those things that archimedes was talking about with the world with the universe building Right, like of of the backstory, the the history, the races, the religion, the the species, the the dialects, the uh, going into they even talked about what do the kids play with, you know, 
This is yeah. not, this is the future. What are the kids going to, you know, different things like that. Like all of these aspects make this thing into this believable world that we will be in learning about all together on 11, 11. So I'm pumped. Yeah. That makes two of us real quick. I just want to make the announcement of the winner of the two month Xbox game pass ultimate code. Uh, Red Hood 7691. Congratulations there, brother. Listen, DM me on um on Twitter. If you're if you're not on Twitter, email me. Go go to the about page on my YouTube channel. Look for the business email, and I will send you over that code. Congratulations, and of course, a big shout out to Dusty from the Night Crawlers podcast for donating that code. I'll drop that as soon as I hear from you. VJ, let's get your opinion on this, brother. Todd Howard, he's had a lot of things to say about this game. And the Mm -hmm. more that we hear about it from the, the, you know, the basically the guy that is is really running the show over there at Bethesda, this is, this is his baby come to fruition. And, you know, look, I, I said this before and I'll say it again. Uh, what I'm hoping that this game, uh, gets is uh, uh is the uh, halo effect halo infinite was delayed a year and that delay uh allowed uh 343 to deliver both multiplayer and single player where that was the game of the year for a lot of outlets uh it certainly was a game that i gave a 10 i said this before it's not perfect but what they do what the, the the mounting pressure to deliver and exactly what and how they delivered mm-hmm. is why I, I, I bestowed it such an incredible score. This has a chance, and I say this, Starfield has a chance to be one of those games that mm-hmm. are generational. Uh, what are your, you know, hearing the, 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 the NASA punk style that they're looking to take, are you excited? How excited are you for this game? Um, I, I think you've heard me be pretty excited about this game on this channel. But um, but yeah, I know you have a lot of guests and um, a lot of topics and a lot of shows. So yeah, I, I don't mind being at the bottom of the pile. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I'm really hoping uh, Starfield sort of pangs my twang. Um, and I don't say that very often. And so far, and I don't want to give things labels or anything like that. I try not to. So far, though, what I see in terms of art style and premise, um, um, I'm really, really fascinated by this game. And um, I'm not. I'm trying not to think too much about it. Boom! If you if you kind of have a preconception, your view will sort of inevitably be somewhat tainted or tarnished. Um, just a little uh, Elden Ring promotion there. Uh, Pong will know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, hence we we might see you know, um, and we've seen it already, right? Even though um, Todd is saying perhaps saying a lot, I haven't really read what he's been saying. He's not really giving much away. And um, if you give too much away, and you've seen it with with some other games recently, right? Too much giving too much away too early, right? Can lead the media to to, to take to take on take it on themselves to do lots and lots of previews, right? Because because they have to, right? To a degree, and um, but those takes are sort of based on their own personal ideals and prejudices in terms of what a game should be in terms of pain and pleasure, but. In in relation to uh, Bethesda, I'm glad they're keeping everything up, uh, up, you know, sort of up their sleeve or under wraps. And and obviously, like I'm like everybody else, right? I can't wait until they actually sort of open up the floodgates for us to sort of digest everything that they've been working on. Um, but I, I think that ultimately, with Xbox behind 
um, Starfield. It, it has no reason to disappoint. I don't even mind if it sees a delay, right? Many, many games are seeing delays. And um, But for me, as I said, given the investment side and, and looking at from that perspective, it should help usher in perhaps even a, a new gaming paradigm, right? Hopefully one that sort of satiates or, or quenches uh, everyone's sort of anticipation of um, where Bethesda uh, are taking gaming uh, as a whole. Because let's be honest, right, this is Todd's or Bethesda's magnus opus, right? And and I'm cognizant, cognizant of the fact that I'm kind of, yeah, I'm cognizant of the fact that I think I'm contradicting my opening statement of having no preconceptions, yeah? But anyway, I'll go on full, I'll go full on contradiction mode. So look, we all want, uh, or desire Bethesda to to do well this time around, right? I, I think it's even more so than... I think they're still far more important than even Activision. That's just for me personally, right? Even though they they spent 10 times the amount of acquiring uh, the latter company. But specifically with Starfield, um, Xbox paid a king's ransom for it. And Bethesda always have this sort of halo above their head, right? In terms of they can be the harbingers, right, of all things good and wonderful in video games, Right. And um, I think Todd's had a bit of a tough time of it uh, over the last few years. And, and I think that's to do with the Zenimax board. I think the um, coming out of out under of uh, the Zenimax board and, and it's uh, sort of VCs and investors that probably didn't understand gaming as well, don't understand gaming as well as, say, their new owners in terms of uh, Microsoft probably helped the game or is helping the game significantly. But I, I just hope that, you know, there isn't these sort of uh, snot gobbling and inept media attention hungry outlets and fans that that, that they don't let their egos and sort of pro, pro, pre-programmed sort of presuppositions get in the way of how this game turns out and how it's received ultimately. And again, this is all sort of inwardly looking. I know it's all very, very selfish. I, I hope it's something that I, I still want to play, not because it's in Game Pass, nor because I want Todd to hold on to some sort of messianic status, but because it's something special, because it's nothing sort of a sort, nothing short of um, astonishing, right? Because it's a masterclass in video game design and presentation. And in the meantime, Pong, uh, we've got Elden Ring to play. <laughs> it, 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 listen, I, and I, I'm not a Souls guy either, like Pong, but I am really excited for that game because of the open world aspect and it is being called you know uh breath of the wild meets souls uh, i i, I kind of yeah. dig that definitely kind of <clears throat> dig that uh but uh yeah good stuff uh mr joanna dark let's get your opinion on it. i know you had some issues with the audio uh how are you doing now i'm good how is everyone okay. excellent excellent uh so so i mean wh- where where do you personally fall uh, and your excitement levels, because you're relatively new to the program, so we may not have had uh, where your 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 feelings are currently standing with um, with Todd Howard's uh, you know masterpiece in the making, known as Starfield. How excited are you for this game? As a as a fan of Bethesda, I'm super excited. Um, every time I've seen this game since it's it's kind of reveal and some of the art, it reminds me of Space Odyssey. It also gives me interstellar vibes with the way the music and the way they, yeah. they, they just describe it. Something that is grounded in reality and makes me wonder that I'll be able to, as a person, to travel to another world and maybe meet other, you know, people or, you know, their factions. And it's just exciting. You know, I went back to play Fallout 4, which I never uh, started. And one of the things is I was kind of, I got hyped from watching the last uh trailer not trailer but kind of little video that they showed on 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 starcraft and just the attention to detail 
when it comes to just the, the items in the world, the world building and the overall characters you meet. Um, I agree with everyone here where I can just see myself jumping in a spaceship, going somewhere and getting lost and not knowing exactly like I did with Skyrim, knowing that I put 80 hours in and I never got to the main mission, which was the second mission after you do the tutorial. And I'm just excited overall. I think, you know, it's a game that I know we were just discussing that Sony saw and wanted to purchase. And then we look at some of the games that have come out from Bethesda, right? We had Deathloop. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is coming out next month. We, I'm seeing to me is that Bethesda was trying to change what happened with the games like Wolfenstein, Youngblood, and of course, um, the other ones that came out that just didn't hit the mark and wanted to go back. And I think now with the fact that there's acquisition and they have that freedom, I think it takes away the stress of trying to see how they want to monetize the game and allows, you know, God Howard to really deliver something that they always wanted to because of the resources and because of now where we're at um, from a technological standpoint and what these devices, you know, what these, you know, consoles and of course PC can do. And I'm just excited just thinking about having my Steam Deck and, you know, I don't have to miss my kids' soccer practice. I'm just going to be on my Steam Deck playing uh, Starfield and just losing myself in this world. And I, and I just, I feel there's something special with this game. And, and, and just the way they continue to slowly kind of drip information and give you kind of those details, even though I've never seen it, or we've only seen, you know, some of those kind of, you know, small videos. It's like I can envision it in my mind what I'm going to be doing. So I'm definitely excited um, for this game. And I just can't wait to finally see its reveal gameplay when we see, you know, Todd Howard on on the stage like he always does. And he just shows us this game and we're like, wow. Yeah, I, I you know what? That That is what I'm looking forward to. If, if, if there's one reveal, well, there's actually three reveals, two of which are probably not going to happen, but it's okay. It's fine. I'm hoping that at this year's, whatever they call it, it's not going to be called E3, it's going to be called Microsoft Event, whatever, that we see Killer Instinct. And, of course, Banjo-Kazooie, I'm still beating that drum. Hate me if you want. I don't care. I want the burden there. But I honestly cannot wait to see Todd Howard get out there and really give us a nice, solid, like, eight or ten minute uh, uh, demo of the game. Because, you know, he likes to get up there with his black leather and and do his thing. And I'm looking forward to it. Real quick, Drawn TJ drops an additional $5 super chat and says, Will Starfield have the ability to change cameras between first person and third person? I honestly do not know. All Since of their every games other um, Bethesda RPG had the ability yeah. to do yes. that. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if it would if be it didn't. In there, so. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I absolutely agree. Well, listen, let's let, being that we we kind of plowed through that one. We we do have one more topic to get into. We have half an hour left, and this one is pretty interesting. Um, I I really wanted to grab the opinions of not only the panel because we I think we all have a bunch of, of varied opinions, but. Uh, the chat and, and and see what they are, are saying. And let me just get to the topics over here. Hold on just one second. Let me find it. Uh, okay, yeah, so here we go. Um, Atlas, the makers of Persona, which still shocks me that it has not been a part of, uh, of Xbox Game Pass or even launched on Xbox as of yet, which is a bit of a conundrum made an announcement that kind of shocked the industry. And after an eight-plus-year absence from Xbox, they are bringing Soul Hackers 2 
to the platform. Now, if you're not really sure what Soul Hackers 2 is, because I had to look this up. I, I know it's a JRPG, but I didn't know what kind of JRPG. It is a part of the Shin Megami uh, Tensei Devil Summoner spinoff series. The game is about a group of magically gifted people called Devil Summoners on a quest to save the world from an apocalypse being uh, ingested by a mysterious phantom society. Sounds like a really typical JRPG that I'm into. And I know that Pong is into these as well. But that's actually not the question for this particular topic. It's impressive that Atlas, who does make some of the best JRPGs in the world, finally has recognized Xbox as a platform that has millions of gamers that want these experiences. Pong, my question to you and the rest of the panel, and of course the incredible 400 plus people we still have here in the chat, is very simple. Has the opinion of Japan changed regarding Microsoft? And because of that change, was that, you know, the change that we're seeing, this kind of turnaround, slow but surely turnaround, could the Bethesda and Activision Blizzard deals maybe move the meter in Japan on how serious Xbox is as a gaming? Well, what are your takes on this? Okay. Um, I don't know if the opinion overall has changed. I think it's evolving as we speak. And yeah. I think that uh, I don't think the Activision Blizzard and Zenimax deals per se move the needle for Japanese developers and publishers. I think the numbers do. Right. And I think that they see what's happening. You get examples like Sega bringing Yakuza to Game Pass and what that did for that franchise and opened up, um, you know, a new fan base that was not there previously uh, for the people who never experienced it because maybe they just never owned a PlayStation. Maybe they've been Xbox fans solely uh, forever. Um, and I think those are the examples that are starting to kind of force their way in right they're trying they're opening up doors that may have previously been closed and obviously atlas being you know underneath sega even though as we know on the japanese the eastern side of things just because a company like sega owns atlas they tend to give their developer their developer houses freedom that we don't see a lot of times out of the the western and european devs like if you own somebody you know that's kind of you're underneath there you're you're underneath the umbrella and you're going to kind of do what we kind of plan with you right but over there they give them a lot more freedom in a lot of cases and that's what's happened with atlas that's why we have not seen atlas games come to xbox like persona 5 it would make so much sense for persona 5 to show up and yet it still hasn't now could there be an exclusivity deal yeah of course there could be sony could have paid for it but we got to figure that it's expiring at some point that was never announced as full exclusive in any way shape or form they put it elsewhere so why not put it on xbox so i think that we finally might be seeing the doors crack on some of these developers that may have said ah the old excuse xbox fans don't play jrpgs okay xbox fans have no interest in jrpgs i hate that excuse yeah me too i understand why it's used because again not all the eastern developers are big time development houses some of them are smaller they don't have unlimited resources and they have to make decisions however 
You've got to cultivate a fan base. And the yes. only way you're going to cultivate a fan base is by putting some of your games on Xbox. I'm not saying you have to put all of them, but like I said, you saw what happened with Yakuza. People who never, ever had interest in a Yakuza title before got it on Game Pass, played it, and now are some of the biggest fans. Tim Dog, Tim Dog, huge member of this community. Yeah. Right? Never he had, went, he, dude, he yeah. went bonkers for that we, game. Correct. Correct. <laughs> P, that's, again, we were talking about the power of Game Pass and being able to try things out. And now, again, we're not saying this game is coming to Game Pass. Chances are it's probably not coming to Game Pass. I'm going to buy it day one. Though, you, you know you never something, know. though. You never yeah, know. I, you know, we had a game come to Xbox Game Pass from Bandai Namco. Yeah. Um, and Scarlet that, Nexus. Yes, Scarlet Nexus. Now, if you recall, I think it was a couple of months ago, the producer came out and said it was incredible yep. for the game when it came to Xbox Game Pass, that it, it that it that they did numbers they didn't anticipate. So maybe, maybe, just, maybe. just throwing it out there. Yeah, maybe we won't know until soon. But right, right now, it's, but, it's right now it's not. And we just had Danganronpa, the first one, the the remix come back or come to Game Pass for the first time. Danganronpa is another very niche Eastern Japanese style game that i've been calling for forever i bought it even though it's on game pass to support uh spike chunsoff for putting it on xbox finally so because i want them to continue to do this but this is the big thing you have to cultivate the fan base now with this game in particular okay this game right here is absolutely soul hackers niche Okay, yes. out of all Atlas games in general, even Persona, for as well as Persona does, it has a rabid fan base and a big fan base considering what type of game it is. Yeah. However, it is still niche. But then you get to even further. Like Soul Hackers, look, I I I can definitely say there's probably some Atlas fans out there that don't even realize that Soul Hackers is actually Shin, uh, the, the spinoff renamed of Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoner, which is back from the PS2 era and PSP days. Okay? You know what? Again, I just, 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 just <laughs> yeah. to jump in, I, before once you're done with your spiel, yeah. I want you to make bring it to the fans here, yeah. 400 plus people, what you would like to see Sarah Bond and yes, Team I will. Xbox do. Yes, yes I, I will do that. So again, I, I think there's Atlas fans who don't even realize what Soul Hackers is. Right. So unless you are an old school <laughs> fan. So yeah. this is a very niche title is what I'm getting at. I'm hoping this is not a testing game that they're putting on Xbox because this game probably isn't going to sell the greatest in general, no matter where you put it, just because it is so niche. I could be surprised. It could be the next great persona, uh, you know, kind of feet, uh, phenomenon that we saw. Right. And this thing could blow up. Right. There's no question about that. Atlas games have that potential. But being that this is a spin-off series off of Shin Megami Tensei, which again, most people have not experienced, and some people don't even realize that Persona is a spin-off of Shin Megami Tensei. Look, I'm not expecting huge numbers here, so I'm hoping this is not a testing ground. I actually hope that this is a sign that a couple years ago, Atlas internally decided to start making games for Xbox, and this is just kind of the first of what we can expect to be a regular uh, appearance of Atlas games. Maybe two years ago, all this work that Phil's been doing in Japan actually opened a door. Maybe the relationship with Sega finally cracked that door open, and we're now going to see Atlas games. 
So to your point, and I talked to you guys behind the scenes about this, I, these games are important for the overall perception of your ecosystem. They're not for everybody. I'm not going to sit here and tell everybody to go out and buy this game to support, right? I wish, I hope a lot of people do because I want to see more of this. But the, and, and some people will say, we don't need those games. Well, for an entire ecosystem to be healthy, you've got to have diversity. And these types of niche JRPG, Eastern style, crazy, wacky, wild, fun games are necessary. Okay, because again, it does draw people in. People, a lot of people picked up a PS4 because they knew they would get all these little JRPGs. If you look at their store, there are so many JRPGs that people have probably never heard of in their entire lives, but they're there and available for people who do really love this type of game. And so that's why this is so important. But I would, I, what I was saying in the background is if Phil wants to make the splash in Japan, one of the things that he and Sarah Bond could do, and again, this is going to cost a lot, but it does not matter to get that kind of mind share on the East that they want to. One of the first splashes they could do outside of buying a publisher or a dev or something like that, go drop the money bag off at Atlas. Use your partnership with Sega. Get in the door at Atlas and say, look, Persona 4 Golden, which is a one of the best, if not the greatest persona ever created. Some people now put five ahead of it, and I understand, but the Persona 4 Golden is what put actual persona on the map for a lot of people. But that was that was handheld, okay? They never made a console version. The fan base of Persona have been calling for Persona 4 Golden to get the console, you know, the console upgrade uh, and have it put out there for everybody. I'd love to see it on the big screen. Now I played it on the big screen through the PS TV, but there was probably about 500 of us. that owned the PS TV at the time. Right. So, so not a lot of people have been able to experience it on the big screen. Go drop the money bag off at Atlas, have them do a persona Four golden console version, pay for it completely. I don't care. Even if you don't get full exclusivity, even if you get a year or two years exclusivity and game pass, you get persona Four golden you will make a splash everywhere across the world for all those Persona fans. It will be a big, giant deal. I'd love to see them do that. That's just on my wish list. If I had Phil's phone for a month, these are the types of deals I'd be making because it would definitely be a big, giant win for Xbox. So I hope that you know something like that happens down the road here, but I'm just happy to finally see Atlas game, an Atlas game come. Again, I hope this is not the... Only one we get this generation, like we saw, you know, 360 and Xbox uh, basically get one Atlas game per generation. Xbox One didn't get a single one. I hope this is the start of something good because Atlas games really are special, but not for everybody. For the people who do love them, they are up there with some of the best JRPGs of all time. Um, and Shin Megami Tensei is the original that started it all. We're talking about very deep Bible level type themes in these games which people don't understand until you get into them and i can't wait to see what they did with lost hackers 2 here because man this could be the start of another great great series and if it does well on xbox maybe we'll see more coming so and that's i mean great point and first of all the great idea to 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 bring persona 4 golden uh to consoles for the first time and, right. and i agree with you i think dropping the money bag off to atlas to do something like that would be worth its weight in gold no pun intended um 
let's let, let's bring in a boxenberger uh you know your your thoughts on the the western aspect of gaming that has eluded you know i'm the western the eastern aspect of gaming has eluded western gamers uh, we we've been asking for it and again we understand even on playstation as many consoles as they have out in the wild which i believe is well over 116 million consoles Atlas does not make bank on every game that they release there. You know, you, you they'll, they'll get 1.6, 1.7, maybe 2 million, maybe on a big one, they'll crack three. But I always say, if you box out an entire populace like Xbox, you have now pointed, painted yourself into a bit of a corner. And I've always disagreed with that. I think, I mean, a perfect example, and again, I know it's apples to oranges, but MLB The Show sold just as much as it did on the PlayStation on an Xbox. And I believe that a, a game like Persona could bring in those same big numbers. With this game actually skipping the Switch, which is incredibly impressive in its own right, do you think there's a change of the guard, so to speak? Oh, you muted yourself. There you go. There we go. So yes. Now, yeah. All right. Much better. <laughs> People can actually hear me when I I want to say something. Um, listen. Uh, let me let me back up a little bit. Uh, earlier we talked about why is um, Game Pass so special because it brings diversity um, to gaming, and that's what uh, is important to have a good and healthy ecosystem. Now we don't know whether Atlas will come to Game Pass or not. I'm, I'm not saying that. Um, what I'm saying is that um, Xbox needs uh, these, uh, well, Japanese uh, type of games in order to have more diversity in their portfolio, in their ecosystem. Um, Phil has said it himself, that they need to do more there. And we have seen moves, um, smaller and bigger ones, um, a bigger one definitely being... Scarlet Nexus coming to Game Pass. Um, but we have also seen other moves uh, towards that region. Now, getting Atlas in the ecosystem is definitely, definitely a big win. Um, even though some gamers might say, hey, that's not for me. That's fine. Not every game has to be for you. Yeah, it is about choice of earning gamers um, uh, that, that choice, um, what they want to play. And we have seen that Xbox is doing significantly better over there in Japan at this generation. They have sold already more Xbox Series consoles um, over there uh, than um, in, in, during the lifetime of the or Xbox One um, generation. And that just tells you something. Um, and I see a lot of uh, Japanese um uh, gamers in my timeline opening up their new Xbox consoles. So they are growing there. And what when you want to grow, you have to have that kind of content that caters to that um, uh, audience in that region. But also, of course, Western gamers love to play uh, Japanese games. Um, we all grew up with them. I always say those older <laughs> gamers like us here, yeah? We all grew up in the 90s. Basically, everything, every game we played was a Japanese uh, game, yeah? Uh, what doesn't matter whether you were on Sega or uh, or on Nintendo. The, the, those are Japanese companies. So, yeah. Um, that That's really a, a good thing. Um, the other point um, made by Pong was actually quite good. 
uh, or, or was it by Yugum? I I can't recall. Um, if it's Atlas okay. <laughs> wants to say uh, uh, sell more and want to grow their IP as well, they also kind of have to go out of that Japanese core market and they have to to find ways to find new audiences. So if they want to grow their franchise as well, they kind of need an Xbox because Xbox is going to be a big force in in gaming uh, this generation and after the uh, uh, and beyond and um it is a great opportunity for them to grow their game especially with the combination of x cloud which is a mobile first technology and we are, in japan we're talking about a mobile first market so yeah it is a big opportunity for them as well so overall this is a win-win situation um and i think um I'm 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 hoping to see more of these kind of deals um, with with these Japanese game developers. Yeah, I, I like what you're putting down, and, and I and I and I agree. I think if Microsoft intends to so-called make a dent in that region, they they definitely need to do uh, more of these deals. Atlas is so big, man, and there's so many gamers that have been calling for this type of genre to come to xbox i i personally would love to see it mav what, what, where are your takes on this how important is this first step for xbox well i'm uh i'm gonna kind of touch on something that pong said because pong was saying is this a test i hope it's not just a test May, they, they yeah, pick this game a as point. a test right i i say no because this game, they're not going to be expecting that many sales anyway, be honest with you. Right? I mean, look at the first one. I mean, you had a few hundred thousand sales on this franchise in the past. So yeah. that'd be a weird one to like test the waters on. You know what I mean? So for me, this goes way above all of this stuff, right? This goes back to just a few months back when we had this announcement from Sega and Sarah Bond about this partnership moving forward with the super cloud game initiative and they're they're they are uh, have the same goals aligned and all these things right this uh, atlas is a subsidy of sega right yes. a, so a subsidiary and so for me this is a little bit of that influence coming out now because since that everybody wanted to say well this only had things to do with the super game initiative from Sega and the cloud development stuff. Yeah. But mm -hmm. those, regardless of if that specific thing was just about that, the other effect of that is the relationship gets closer between Sega and Xbox, which was already extremely close. Okay? Yes. And if you keep building relationships and you keep working together and things keep working out for you, things keep working out for me, Sega can strongly... Uh, suggest to Atlas that we should start putting our games onto Xbox. They don't have to force them to, but you know, if the company that o that owns you is saying you maybe we should do this. You're probably going to start potentially looking at doing that, right? So I'm looking at the things that have happened since that partnership was announced. Now, how often do we get massive third party games coming into Game Pass? It's becoming more frequent, but it's yes, also becoming it more frequent yes. for Sega. Because since that announce, was announced, we got Total War Warhammer 3, which is a huge title for them in the PC space on Game Pass Day 1. That's a Sega-published game. Again, we got, uh, the, just announced, I think, a couple weeks ago, Two Point Campus, which people look at it as like an indie game, right? Whatever. But 
the first two point hospital was very successful game for Sega. It was extremely successful game for them. Two point campus is coming to game pass on day one. Yeah. Now we see Atlas game coming to coming to Xbox, right? This relationship is building and I, we're going to continue to see this. So I don't think this is a one and done thing. I think we're going to see more of this because out of all the titles that I would expect to come to Xbox, this is the least. This is the last one, right? The the usually these very niche things are what we see only be exclusive on other platforms because they're like, okay, well, it's not worth it for us to put in this much extra work for this thing that we know is only going to sell this much anyway. So we're going to only put it on the platform that we know has the biggest audience for this and just kind of drop it there. A game like this usually isn't what gets that push onto every platform like this until now, right? This is different. We never got these kind of games from companies like Atlas or other developers too. last generation on Xbox. They were always only on PlayStation. We're getting it now. And it's partly because of the success, like you guys were saying, of Xbox and Game Pass and this growing ecosystem of Xbox and people smell the money. They know where it's going, but it's also because of that relationship. So like, it's the intrinsic effect of this relationship that we're seeing here, I think is bringing these games here now and it's only going to continue to grow. So I can't wait to see whatever Atlas has next, unless Sony breaks the bank and buys exclusivity on a next persona or whatever it is coming in the future. I think that we'll see those games on Xbox going forward, but that's just a prediction. Maybe it won't happen, uh, but I, I really think so, man. I like, again, great, great points as always. Uh, VJ, you are our resident uh, uh, podcaster that knows a lot about Japan. You've ha- your, your knowledge is extremely extensive. It's one of the main reasons why we love having you on here because obviously when you when you you come at these very specific topics you always bring a, a, an incredible amount of distinction to the conversation for you seeing atlas dip their toe in the pool right we're not we're, they're not jumping in they're not hanging out with papa phil just yet but dipping the toe in there the question that people have asked is this a test I, and i agree with everyone i hope it's not because this is a very niche title but does this spell the potential growth of games from the East coming to Xbox Game Pass? Um, uh, not Xbox Game Pass, Xbox, but maybe even Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, maybe both, both are true, actually. Um, sorry, I'm just catching up on the show notes this morning. I haven't had a chance. I'm so sorry. But I think... I think um, the panel have already made some fantastic points, so I'm kind of kind of try and um, just piggyback on piggyback on on their on their copy their homework, shall we say? Um, <laughs> I think I think if you look at the Activision and Blizzard um, uh, Blizzard and King acquisitions, along with even um, um, Bethesda and so on and so forth, um, historically those games haven't done great. In Japan, they do okay in terms of numbers. They should be doing a lot more. Um, and perhaps, you know, perhaps it's localization, perhaps it's marketing. Actually, I think it's both, actually, if I'm being quite honest with you. And hopefully, Xbox, especially when Starfield hits Japan, that they really put a lot of effort behind it. But I'm, I'm kind of digressing right now. But l- let's just say Microsoft right now, as um, 
as uh, Pong mentioned, um, it's it's a case I think of signaling intent from Xbox that gives major third-party players in U in Europe and Asia, obviously that's what that's the region we're talking about, something to think about, especially especially if something goes south and sour with Sony, right? You've got somebody else in the wings, right? And there'll be smart business, right, to make sure that hey, look, you know, if you slip up or if you, if we're not treated right, there is another player out there, which I think strengthens positions of third-party uh, um, third-party publishers and 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 developers, I should say. And if you look at all the moves Xbox are making, um, I feel that you know all this discussion about exclusivity and all this all it's all in the wind really. So it's all old because I think what Xbox are doing they're they're intrinsically tethering their whole industry to Xbox, and that includes Sony and Nintendo. I won't go into that now, but I've got some thoughts on that, but maybe for another time. And basically, Xbox are, are landlords, right? They're they're no longer tenants, sort of vying to lease the most coveted building in in Billionaires Row in New York City. I know that's where you reside, Boom. Sorry to give your home address away. Um, that's all right. <laughs> but, I hate um, Manhattan, by the way. Just throwing uh, it out there. But go ahead. <laughs> okay, uh, you, you can arrest me later. Um, but <laughs> but perhaps as uh, Mav alluded to at the beginning of the show, right? Unit sales may not matter uh, because especially if game pass delivers on its appeal and promise in asia and xbox no longer want to solely as we can see right now no want to solely rely on the traditional traditional business model uh, uh, models of business because they've got a cap right they have a cap and we've seen that cap over over generations right it's growing slowly but it's very incremental so that's why i think microsoft's taken a taken a paradigm shift in terms of how to how to attack the industry and how to grow it over the, over the next five to ten years with with the with the roots uh, and and um, with the pillars that they set up right to tackle the industry going forward, and for me, I have to say I woke up one day and I was so pleased that um, Pong and the other you guys might know that, that Octopath Traveler made it to Xbox, which was initially oh, yeah. just a Switch title, and I can't tell you how happy I was. And I, I put that well game over is hours. a classic, bro. freaking amazing. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I remember actually tweeting with uh, Boxenberger a little bit back and forth on that yeah. game. And uh, he needed a lot of help on that game, unfortunately. But now it helps I'm just kidding. The other way well, well, now I have more than 80 hours into it. So <laughs> now I can give the advice. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Um, I, I think... I think... I think that there are many valuable titles out there that perhaps Xbox should be vying for, and not perhaps are vying for. And and as we often say um, on this show, rather than going and buying up everybody uh, right off the bat, which is not always welcome, strategically align yourself, as, as, as Pong was saying, right, uh, with opportunities, and Mav was saying, right, in terms of with opportunities, and more so, why not with Square and Nintendo, right, and, and other devs and publishers to bring content to Xbox, especially those that perhaps Sony feel are not this this time around in this generation aren't as material to their success goals and strategy and purpose as a business but you've got you've got xbox and ps5 right let's be honest right in terms of hardware from the people that i've spoken to that i respect that both systems are not astonishingly different and therefore titles such as uh, um as this one soul hackers 2 I, I believe it is right should make it to Xbox as it might help the development budget and the revenue opportunity for all involved. Because when we look at a publisher or, or even a developer with multiple teams, right, we, we, we look at it as a whole, but they, they look at it as business units, right? As individual units in terms of what that team is doing, what it's producing, and what's the commercial upside of that, right? And if it, if it isn't doing well, they either disband it or reallocate those resources elsewhere, right? So 
that's how they typically work. And I assume they can still work today, right? But um, while they're accumulating all this other content, look, I can't avert my gaze, right, from Dragon Quest, Persona, and Final Fantasy, and a few other titles that still remain the major Asia-Pacific box office franchises, shall we say, right? And Xbox just need to keep swinging, keep sweeping up everything else to a point in time when Square Enix and Atlas Sega have no commercial choice, right, as Pong was saying, but to release all games multi-format. And Sega have have made that call already, I believe, right? As Pong saw when everybody was mentioned that the Yakuza series is, you know, came to uh, came to Game Pass, right? And I was telling everybody, please play it, please play it, please play it, because it's such a such a great series. And then, of course, you had Yakuza Like a Dragon and 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 Lost Judgment coming to Xbox day and date, relatively in line with all other formats. I think that Yakuza Like a Dragon came to Xbox first, Stephen, right? Uh, before the PlayStation Five release uh, was version was released, or and um, PlayStation Four version was released. I think in a few months prior to those. Uh, I think it was in March and November, respectively. But it's it's you've got to look at it as commercial decision making uh, being made by publishers that multi-format games serves everybody, right? And that reduces division, that reduces conflict, but also makes business sense. And it's not just for the opulent few to enjoy, right? And it also ultimately makes business sense because it affects their bottom line and 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 more so survival survivability boom, right? And especially when this comes to these niche games, right? Which, as I was talking about, small development teams, right, within a within a larger publisher or a larger developer, right, who who are only as good as their last game, right? And and that's the pressure. That's the sort of pressure these dev teams are under, right? I know we always talk about the you know the Bethesdas and the Zenima, you know, and the and the and the Capcoms and and the Activisions with loads and loads of studios. But these these companies run in a very very different model, business model, right? So and look, I'm I'm caveating all of this and saying that unless Sony steps in and pays pays for the privilege, right, and home advantage and all that. But saying that, it's just something that Pong said. I I'm still. I haven't given it enough thought, but I'm still wondering how Sony are keeping Final Fantasy Remake off of the Xbox platform. Then there must be close to, surely there must be close to like at least $200 million yeah. in revenue that's potentially sitting there for Square Enix. And given the sort of poor performance of several games recently, I'm still trying to work out why this hasn't hit um, the Xbox. And I know $200 million sounds like a lot to me. Well, it is an incredible amount probably all to all of us, but maybe it's not <laughs> Sony, but still it's, it's this humongous amount of yeah, of, but... uh, of revenue, right? And keeping, as as uh, people in the panel were saying, keeping a franchise on a single format. So the, so the awareness of it is also diminishing, right? It's not just about the revenue. And then you've got the next mainline entry of Dragon Quest, right, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, it's going to be interesting. Will that be day and date on Xbox? Will it be on PlayStation? Or blow and behold, will it be exclusive to the Switch, right? Given the 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 popularity of the system, right? It's it's dwarfs or or uh, makes PlayStation Five and Xbox combined irrelevant, right? In Japan, and then and then you've got this other game coming out, which I've got my eye on next month in Triangle Strategy, right? By Square Enix, very similar to Octopath Traveler, other than the bass, the, the combat is. Um, um, perhaps more like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics back from the 90s rather than the term, completely being turn-based. And again, well, you know what? Another... Let, me, let me just inter interrupt yes. you because I, I, the, the question that you brought up that I thought uh, that we didn't have an immediate answer for, uh, F FYI, Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, uh, that was released in 2021, only as, as of this state have sold under 4 million copies. Huh. That is, listen, again, you, if you're a Sony guy or gal, and you're gonna be like, well, three three million copies, that's great. Not when there's 116 million consoles. Sorry. Yep. And Final yep. Fantasy VII is by far the
the most beloved RPG in the history of RPGs. So yep. the fact that Sony has money had that game for over two years and it has not come to Xbox, you're right. They are potentially leaving hundreds of millions of dollars on the yep. table. But continue. And, and I was going to say, boom, right? And I'm saying that because Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to have a couple of more parts, right? And I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Final Fantasy Remake comes to Xbox and then the, the Remake Part 2 comes to all formats, right? I, I I don't know, especially as I'm saying, right? And it's And this is sort of double whammy for a square enix in terms of they haven't had the best of financial performances over the last year or 18 months and i may be wrong there they may still be making a profit but nowhere near in terms of what they're projected to their to their shareholders so it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out and i think microsoft is just going to sit back and bide their time and say listen you know what here's a hand right and we're not withdrawing it right just grab it when you need to so i think that for me again triangle strategy uh, if it's exclusive to Nintendo for a year, another game that Microsoft which might I have pre-ordered. P.S. By the way, there you go, and uh, might be another candidate that might be coming. But as I say, there are plenty of deals to be done. I just hope we learn of them in good time, or sooner rather than later. But that's just me being extremely selfish. And I will no. say this: that Soul Hackers will appeal to a huge um, anime show audience and slash sort of gaming fan base. I'm in an anime DM, and people are really really excited about this game. So, and um, talking of Japanese created games, I hope everyone is supporting Elden Ring this week. Yeah, well, that makes two of us. And listen, let's let's close out the show with Mr. Joanna Dark and your opinion on this. Uh, where, where, where do you personally fall on the importance of uh, Atlas dropping a game onto Xbox for the first time in eight plus years? You know, I hope this, like I agree with uh, the panel was saying, I hope there's not a litmus test because one of the things that I've noticed is sometimes certain JRPGs come that have an established kind of, you know, already legacy in, on other platforms and to me it's kind of like the hey look we put a game on here and it didn't sell but again you're putting either a sequel or a game that's kind of a mini uh series in when it comes over to xbox and you know devil summoner the original was on saturn and then on 3ds yeah um so i'm excited as a jrpg fan for this series and hopefully it does well i think one of the things that i um that you said last night on on primetime gaming that was interesting you know microsoft buying studios and kind of you know taking things that are missing for the portfolio that that maybe sony has whether they have established it on their end or through you know partnerships that they've had i would love for microsoft to maybe you know kind of you know go and get someone like nippon ichi who makes these these titles right go neon falcon with the trails of cold steel series or, you know, KO Tecmo with um, the Ulterior series and see what they can do with those type of developers. Maybe they want to work and bring their games because some of their games, I think, translate well uh, via xCloud. And another thing they have to look at is that, you know, Danganronpa, I've played that on the Vita and it's getting, a, a you know, another breath of life on, on Game Pass. And it's perfect for cloud gaming because it's a visual novel. Yes. So my thing is. What can maybe Sarah Bond and Phil Spencer do and say, hey, let's work with other companies that maybe want to bring their titles and give them that other, you know, breath of, you know, fresh air onto the platform. Let Atlas continue to do whatever they're doing and seeing how successful these games are. You know, we have Edge of Eternity. We have Crease Tales, all these JRPGs that we're getting. And again, I'm not sure how they're doing on there, but I do see a lot of people playing them on them. And at some point, just like everything else, you're just going to, not have to ignore the fact that these games are doing well on Game Pass and they're selling. I mean, how do you say, oh, it's not going to sell on Xbox if you never even attempt to put them on there? That's a great point, yeah. That's like me saying, hey, I'm not going to put my app here 
um, for X, Y, Z. I'm like, how would I know that unless you have some crazy analytics or some power BI that you're looking at and saying, oh, yeah, it's you're not going to sell on here. And I think that's the best way to attack this thing with Japanese games. Go to these small developers. You know, there's some great developers in China, Korea that are making these experiences that we love, these old school kind of spiritual successors to some JRPGs that we that we like and go there. If not, yeah, maybe go to Atlas and say, hey, what is it, what is it going to take? And if it means overpaying and they start seeing the success like we saw with Yakuza, like, you know, like the Yakuza series, then it's, you know, it's one of those things where, okay, let's bring more games. And it's and, and it's crazy, you know, because I look at Game Pass and, and right now, and one of the things that I, you know, I think, Boom, you just said, you know, how Final Fantasy VII sold. The great thing about the Xbox platform is that these games doesn't mean that a person has to go buy an Xbox. They can just get a Game Pass subscription, no matter where they are, and play these games and, and get more engagement out of them. You know, a lot of these games, that, the, that these JRPGs that come to, you know, uh, PlayStation, some of them are very niche as well. Um, they have, you know, a niche audience that follows them. You know, another game that I would love to see uh, on the platform is, you know, uh, Sakura Wars, which is another one that's stuck on there from Sega. So my thing is uh, maybe Xbox can one make a partnership or get a developer, a small developer to make some of these titles, continue to make other deals with other Japanese developers to then eventually go for the big fish. And and like Pong Soul says, you know, this has been rumored for years, you know. What deal or what kind of NDA must Atlas be under if PlayStation, you know, Persona is somewhat of an exclusive that has been a deal that maybe was done years ago that now um, Atlas just says, hey, it just stays on this platform. And I think Atlas is weird because if you look at, want to talk about the Persona series, you have Persona on PlayStation, but you have the Shinji Megami Tensei series on always on um, Switch. We just got Shinji Mikami Tensei 5. And then mm-hmm. this Devil Summoner is kind of one that just floats around depending on the platform that you want to, you know, you're on there. So they kind of have these three different staples of Persona spinoffs that eventually, you know, go to a specific platform and one just gets kind of put on different things. Um, I hope it changes. You know, I want to go back to the days like the 360 where we got Eternal Sonata and all these great JRPGs that were there. And hopefully, I keep saying, you know, Maybe leverage Tango, Tango as a studio yes. that can maybe go there, you know, get Shinji Mikami or someone in there to maybe talk to some of these developers and slowly under that umbrella cultivate these relationships to bring these JRPGs. Because there's a lot of people on the Xbox platform that do love these JRPGs, but they're just not coming over here. It's crazy. For instance, Persona Ultimate Fighter. I can play the old one, but the new one's not coming to, you know, Xbox. But yet it existed um, on the 360. So Again, it's one of those things that I would love to kind of be a fly on the wall where Atlas is just kind of looking at, hey, what platforms are we coming to? And, you know, what exactly is happening there? But I said, hopefully this game, I would say to people, play it. Yeah. And if you love the game, save that 20% off and purchase it uh, and show and hopefully those numbers show, hey, look, look at Amino, how many people engaged with this game just because, it, you know, it was something that finally came to the platform from Atlas. No, I mean, great points. Everyone has completely knocked that out of the park. And we got the four topics, one of which was was uh, was audible. Uh, and uh, thanks, you know, to a, 
a particular member of the community that was here asking some questions that I think we all answered respectfully. But wow, what a great show. What a great two hours. Let's get everyone out of here so you can continue on your Tuesday. And uh, listen, we'll start first with Pong Soul. Pong, listen, what you have been up to is nothing short of amazing. Not only are you an incredible member of this particular podcast on week uh, every week, you do your due diligence to be one of the top community members, in my opinion. And the, 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 the shows that you deliver every Saturday with Steel Rain, my God. I mean, I, I, I'm always engaged, and I, and I wish I could lift, listen to the four and a half hours live, but I usually have to break them up because they're so <laughs> freaking long. Tell everyone where they can check out your Saturday show. Help you guys get to the 1K, and more importantly... Where can people reach out to you on social media? Boom. Don't care how you do it. If you break it up over four sessions, it doesn't matter to me and Steel. Uh, we just have a good time, uh, and it is our format. I know some people say you shouldn't go that long. Look, Steel and I just have a great time talking, so that's, what that's all that matters. Do. That's, what, that's what matters. That's why we started that. Uh, why we started Living Split Screen was to do that, and that's exactly the way we're going to go. So, anyways, Fantastic show, brothers. Fantastic. Even with the Audible, man, we covered a lot today. Love hearing all of your opinions and thoughts, man. I always love this. And uh, BJ, again, man, what a pleasure to have you added to this show, brother. Uh, you bring so much knowledge uh, and, and such a vocabulary uh, to make us all look good. So thank you, sir. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, great show. Otherwise, Pong Soul Xbox Twitter, you know the drill. Uh, chat, you're all amazing. Your support was incredible today as well. I almost forgot to say that. Nothing but respect for you guys coming out here. Almost over 400 people in uh, there talking the good talk. Even if somebody has a difference difference of opinion, I love seeing all the discussion and taking it seriously and not just turning to insults. That's the way it should be. Appreciate you all. Nothing but love and respect for you. Uh, look, you're going to get a couple extra doses uh, of me this week. So tonight, RDX, I will be there. That's right. I am going to be on RDX. Nice, I'm dude. on there. Yeah, dealer hit me up this morning right before we went live here. So I will be on RDX tonight. So obviously, check that out. 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time. I'm sure everybody knows that. That's going to be a great time. Love hanging out with that crew over there. So join me there. Then on Wednesday, tomorrow... Uh, actually, I had uh, taped a awesome discussion with Web Dave uh, Outbreak Podcast, and that is going to premiere live tomorrow on nice. YouTube Dave's as well, dude. 1 p.m. Central Time, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So come by. Uh, I'm going to be at work, but I'm going to try to be in the chat and at least nice. engage a little bit while I'm at work. So that's going to be awesome. Had a great time with Dave. He is such an awesome dude. So go check out his channel, Outbreak Podcast, for sure. Then on Thursday, PM in the PM, Pong and Mav in the PM, two-man show, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time, over on Fun Speculations channel, of course. Be there. We're going to deep dive one, two, maybe three topics, but him ah, and I have nice. great conversation as well. So please check us out there. Friday nights, back at it. Xbox Ultimate, Fun Speculations channel, the great eight, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock nice. Central Time. Join us there. Living split screen Saturday mornings. That's right. My brother from another steel rain and I three plus hours guaranteed buckle up. Join us live raw and uncut discussion about all things across the entire gaming industry. 
even get into it about the community and what's going on there. Usually get a rant or two. So join myself and my brother from another steel rain, 10 a.m. Eastern, nine o'clock central time living split screen. Split screen is all one word. Like boom said, we are on mission one K this year, trying to get nice. there. And then obviously Saturday nights over on the shop podcast ptk blam's channel he deserves more viewers he's been doing it for over five years we have a fantastic time over there normally he has a guest last week we didn't which was very rare but uh normally he does have guests so drop in saturday nights nine or 8 p.m eastern seven o'clock central time the shop podcast otherwise it is the golden age of gaming people get out there play what you love love what you play and i will talk to you all real Soon. Pong, I need you to do me a favor. I got to yes, take this call. It's a bit of an important yeah, one. Uh, absolutely. Please continue the outros in your best voice possible. Absolutely. No problem, sir. So, math, aka fun speculation, sir. Yes, I am speaking to you. It is the word of God. Anyways, uh, please tell everybody where they can find you and what you got going on on your amazing channel, sir. I already named a couple shows, but you got more. So, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, thanks, dude. Fun speculation on Twitter. Fun speculation on YouTube, where we have fun pop uh, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow night. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Yes, right. Yes, tomorrow night's Wednesday night. Fun pop. Thursday's PM in the PM. Friday's Xbox Ultimate, and Saturday is FSP. We're bringing lots of fun stuff to you, as well as game streams and videos. Trying to do it all. Uh, hope you guys come and check it out. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Thank you for being here. As always, Mav. Great, great, great time to talk with you. Boxing Burger coming off now the world famous Boxing Burger getting written up in multiple publications. He's doing big, big things as always. Past 5,000 subscribers. Box, where can everybody find you, sir? And what do you have coming up this week? Yeah, man, thanks. <laughs> I still can't believe uh, that, that that I hit the 5K. I can't believe that uh, actual media outlets wrote an article about my podcast. Uh, <laughs> Blew Amazing. me away. So, yeah, people can find me basically everywhere under Boxenberger. Um, of course, on Twitter, Xbox, PlayStation, and here on YouTube, where I do have a YouTube channel. I cover different kind of topics from news, games, technology, um, everything that a gamer cares about on the channel. And I have a podcast over there as well called The World of Gaming, airing each Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Europe time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 7 p.m. UK time. So um, that's a different format than we have here on Boom Show. I usually only have one, maximum two guests um, on the show. Uh, so we have a little bit of more direct chat and cover a lot of different to topics, not just Xbox, but everything that the world of gaming has to offer. And this week I have a special guest that I'm super excited to have. And he is right here. Math is joining me nice. to, uh, this nice. week, along awesome. with KSN. I know that definitely cost you a big box because no one makes oh, yeah. no, no one's bigger than Mav. There you go. Now we're talking. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to be awesome. German currency, though, that's the problem. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, but uh, again, boom! Thanks for having me. Um, and yeah, I see you guys next week. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Punk, thanks for the save, brother. Mrs. Boom never no calls during the day, and I wanted to make sure it wasn't important. Oh, yeah, you always got to take that call. Good. But definitely <laughs> yeah. uh, definitely appreciate that. Of course, Boxenberger, if you're not subscribed, I mean, he just hit 5K, 
And it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I love to see him hit 10 because he works. He's one of the hardest working guys in the business. And again, his videos, man, they're, they're cold east with level good. So definitely get over there and check it out for sure. Mav, brother, you are I got another Mav one. Mav's done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, you, you work <laughs> quick. Okay, so let's let's get to VJ. VJ, <laughs> listen, brother, we really, truly appreciate having the knowledge that you bring, specifically in the Japanese region, which we know that you have a significant amount of, of actually knowledge working in that region of the world. Tell everyone where they could reach out to you on social media and what else you got going on, brother. Uh, thanks, Boom, uh, for having me on the show as always. Um, I just wanted to say, say it was uh, lovely to be on a show with uh, you again, uh, Boxenberger. It's been a while, so that's yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, likewise, it's good to see that you're um, you're far more infamous than um, than when we previously spoke. Previously spoke, maybe we shouldn't speak so often. But, um, <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 no! Please, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. And uh, I hope I just wanted to say, Boom. I, I hope we put to to rest you know why game pass is at least a must try at the minimum for any avid yeah no i i I think we did i i I mean again we i I, we don't like to feed the trolls but i felt it was a generally uh asked question and and i'm glad we went into it because maybe people are still on the fence with it but everyone had great answers and um and i just want to apologize for any ropey takes i had a bit of a headache and i hope i didn't offend anyone with uh, no not at all I hope I didn't. I know. I just hope I didn't offend anyone with reference to snot gobbling or uh, referring to one's uh, squeaky bits and bobs. But um, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm on midweek gaming tomorrow. I'll be on my best behaviour next week. I promise. Boom! Don't kick me off. And uh, thank you everybody for uh, for listening to my takes. And uh, it's really appreciated to be a part of the show. Boom! Thank you. So much. Uh, we love having you, brother. And last and no least, Mr. Joanna Dark. Thank you so much for being with us. Obviously, you represent Xbox in the best way possible. With your with your two podcasts that you're on, international Xbox International with Crazy Lou, who was in the chat, and we love that guy, especially when he gets in, you know, dances in, in his underpants and uh, t-shirts, which is always great. Uh, Crazy Lou, we love you, brother. Tell everyone where they could check you out, uh, Mr. Joanna Dark, and more importantly, where could people strike up a conversation on social media? Boom, I told you, don't enable Crazy Lou. You know, he <laughs> don't feed always the making crazy, Lou. crazy stuff and, you know, referencing Pong Soul and everything. <laughs> because, I mean, Pong Soul is every, you know, Pong Pass. That's what you call I, it. You right? know what? I should He's have everywhere. known what I was getting myself into with Crazy Lou when I sent him a dancing Santa shaking his rear and then he went out and he recreated it in real life. I, I should have known. I should have known. As always, it's, it's a pleasure, gentlemen, to always be around some amazing people. You know, Pong, Boxenberger, Mav, VJ. As well, it's a pleasure back to back, even though today I had something unfortunate with work. So I, you know, copped in late. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at big underscore n underscore boss. And then tomorrow on Xbox International. And we're excited because we're going to have a guest um, that out of nowhere, you know, we just kind of said, okay, cool. Let's do let's do a little audible. And we're going to have Mr. Badbit talking uh, some uh, Horizon Forbidden West nice. on Xbox International tomorrow on the Crazy Lou Gaming Channel before they nice. kill me. <laughs> nice. And um, then on Thursdays, you can f- um, find me myself with my uh, coworkers and good friends, Albert and Jasmine, on the Nickel Gaming Show. So, um you know, thank you again. It was, um, you know, I'm glad I was able to talk about the uh, the whole, you know, some of the last subjects, especially with JRPGs and, of course, uh, Starfield. But uh, as always, thank you, Boom. 
Oh, it's great to have you a part of the show, dude. Honestly, and big shout out to Delilah HD in the chat. Darling, welcome to the show. We definitely got to get you on the program if your schedule allows for sure. Listen, big shout out to the 450 plus people we had here today. The show and the channel is growing. Uh, when I first started the channel, I would have never thought. I mean, we were happy to have 10 people in the chat. And now we're upwards of closing in on regularly over 400. That's that's not that's not something that's easily earned, and I truly, truly appreciate it. And of course, I want to thank all the super chats that come in. Those allow us to do the big giveaways, which we're putting money away for right now, and we intend to do a couple of them in 2022. And of course, I want to thank everyone that has become a channel member now and in the past. Though that you know those finances help us fund. Uh, the things that we want to do. And we love giving away stuff to the community because of the support that we receive. And of course, I'm going to close out the show with something that is important to me. Hopefully one day, folks, will be important to you. And that's something that my father taught us when we were kids. And I think now, more than ever, it's incredibly important and relevant. He said, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules. And I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast.